said fuck you and your eyebrows. Bob Janon Comedy Shanti. Stand episode 51. This week we've a packed show. We have interviews with Alan Kyo, aka Forky, Ed Salt, Keith Baker, the gaffers from Fairhouse Clover, and questions from the East Stand with Kevin Horgan and Graham Bourke with our new World Cup format getting underway. So, as usual, it's me, Gary P, and the prof, Carl Riley. Happier, Carl Riley, this week? Yeah, much happier, prof. And uh, we'll talk about our sponsors real quick. I mean, they're uh, going for 98FM's Best of Dublin Awards, so you can nominate them Peachtree East and Best Restaurant. So get on down and uh, try out the food and actually nominate them because they are the best in Tala and in Dublin. And uh, not one of these barbers that you go into and you sit down, first thing they do is hand you an iPad and say, Vote for us, and you haven't even gotten your hair cut yet. You could go out with half a head. And they still want you to vote for them. Yeah, so make sure you get on down. And Peachtree's, once again, they are giving you a free Prosecco reception if you book a table for 40 people or more. So you can have a bit of pizzazz with your function. So yeah, give them a show and make sure you mention the podcast. Peachtree's were also on RTE as well. So they've gone Hollywood. So they could leave us in the dust soon enough. Hopefully not. <laughs> and um, what do we always say our favourite thing is? Getting messages from overseas hoops. So we have another one, Sean O'Fairgall. He said, great, podca- great podcast, lads. This one was a cracker. Listening to it in the car on my commute to work this morning all the way over here in Halam, Pennsylvania. So great way to keep up to date with everything Rovers. So once again, any overseas hoops, definitely, definitely get in touch with us because we love to hear your stories, what you're doing, you're studying, you're living, you're working, you're running the muck, whatever you're doing over there and across the sea, is let us know. And if we're uh, keeping you up to date with, Rovers news and this one wasn't overseas but it was a different country it was uh, Mark Turner <laughs> listen to Tales from the East End on the way to Derry the Bobby Best episode and we have him in the car and he's loving it uh, loving it I'd say he was so Martin O'Neill was at the game on Monday and when the lads saw him off by the Cork podcast lads they said that they had been listening into our podcast with Mick Lawler and they thoroughly enjoyed it so um, a lot of our Rovers fans who couldn't make it they were listening in to the Rebel Radio lads so fair play to them for the compliment and uh, we had Rovers legend Frank O'Neill was honoured by the Association of Sports Journalists in Ireland at a special lunch at Crow Park Hotel last week. They had the 1968 final programme there and uh, Mick Lawler scored in as a teenager. That was the deflected, fortuitous goal, wasn't it, that yeah. he spoke of? I bet Gary Armstrong could rattle off all those guests oh, at the table. Sure he could. Frank O'Neill, yeah, we're hearing a lot about him. Like record yeah. number of caps for a League of Ireland player, 20. I think we'll have to get him on the show eventually, prop. Such a, uh, a highly sought-off player. I mean, I think he's best. pushing eighty though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Listen, 
It's a number, isn't it? Should make McCarthy. That's all you have to say. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you want to sum up someone who's who's doing well for their age. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about our previous games. Um, we lost one 0 to the Longford in the League Cup second round, and Daniel O'Reilly with a late winner for them. So there was wholesale changes to that team. Tomer came in and Joey made only his second appearance so far. We Ali, we Luke, we uh, Eric Abulo at left full. Bone McAllister in front of the back four with Joel Coustan on the wing. Brandon Cavanagh in the 10 role and Brando on the other side with Chazzy up front. And it was four starts for Abulo and Cavanagh under Bradzer. And they did play in the Leinster Senior Cup before. So wholesale changes and a couple of young guys starting. Yeah, I almost predicted the back four, right? Uh, the only one I got wrong was Eric Abudu, who you had picked, funny enough. No, I got Ola Kanye. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I picked Ola Kanye. So, I mean, he's, he's looking at young fullbacks anyway. So, Keen Clark probably wasn't even an option, now to think about it, because the Euros are coming up. So, he, he never would have played him. Have you noticed him getting a lot of exposure lately? He was on 98 FM, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he was on something else. He seems to be getting quite a bit of exposure, so definitely one for the future. Yeah, so that was long for his first win over us in 11 years. 11 years? We'd beaten them 10 straight times. And it was our first defeat to any first division team since Shelburne in the 2010 Leinster Senior Cup. 3-2? 3-1. 3-1, was it in Talca? Think Graham Barrett missed a penalty and put in the rebound. Mm. We'd won 17 in a row before that against first division teams. Yeah, There was, there was the upsets against uh, Collinstown and... Um, Thomas Town, but so there was a um, there was a lot of positivity going into the game, and it's it's a strange one looking back because, I mean, no one expected this, and it it did pull the pressure on at the time, and uh, yeah, it is very weird to go back and review this game now, and even weirder for me is that I often read Robert Shad backwards, because I don't sometimes I don't keep up with it for a few days, and then before the show, I read it backwards, so I had to read all the positivity of Cork. And then the moderate positivity of Derry. What was that like? <laughs> and then I went back to Derry, or sorry, uh, Longford, where people saw this game as like rock bottom. Like it was there, in like a there way. was almost assumption by people that this was the end. Couldn't get any worse than this. Yeah, but when you when you sum it up, it's a League Cup exit, which fair enough shouldn't happen. Should mm. be beating Longford at home, but who cares about? I'm not saying we don't care that we lost, but I, I can was. I can accept it. It was a little embarrassing, though. I mean, it was a first division club. And it wasn't a young team we put out. It was pretty much... like A lot of first-teamers. The first thing I said when I saw the team was was that I'd say only one player here would play against Derry. And I think I predicted it'd be Joel. It was actually Joey O'Brien who it was. But, yeah. But uh, yeah, my feeling after this was I wanted to see what the performance in Derry was like. That's kind of what I was curious about. Yeah, that was going to be the big reaction there, wasn't it? Yeah. And... It, when the full-time result went up on the Robbers Twitter, I could just see 50 replies. And I was like, eh, no. Gonna, gonna just turn this off now. Not reading that. two days. No, no. <laughs> yeah, but Brad's all said that we look disjointed from all the changes, which is which is not... It's it's a natural thing, really, if you make so many changes. Mm. Longford were pretty good, actually. Um, a fan has them playing good football. Yeah, they played well. Um, Brandon Cavanagh is probably impressive for us again. Uh, especially I think when Aaron Bowser came on and uh, he linked up with him so our three B's were the subs you had Boyle, Bulger, Boyd Boyle, Bulger and Boyd and um, Boyd actually pulled his hamstring 
after this game so he's out for he's no luck at all has he probably a week or two yeah absolutely no luck at all we had chances um, I actually can't remember who they failed to now I think it might have been Brandon Kavanagh but there was I think there was one where Sean Boyd maybe should have shot himself and he squared it there was two clear cut chances before Lankford's goal where we really should have won the game but we have been quite unlucky in terms of, of uh, just not getting the rub of the green in certain games like even we'll talk about Derry we're very unlucky in that game and, and just in general but um, there was 304 souls in Tala that night the clash with the I think it was the Liverpool game the Champions League yeah the place was empty <clears throat> so it's uh, it's expected I mean a lot of people considering the, the the attitude from the from some of the fans at the time about our run and how people weren't happy with, with Bradzer and, and the way the team was playing so it's going to be very hard to get people out of their houses and on a Tuesday with the quarterfinals of the Champions League on so the reduced ticket prices didn't help but it was only a tenner yeah so that, that that didn't sway people and the fact that the match was being shown in the suite as well tried to get them out hmm. but um, so much for our trip to Colvgar yeah we were we were looking forward to it in fairness but it would have been on a Monday or a Tuesday once again and I think the fixture pile up wouldn't have helped us at all there so um, yeah so that's that was Longford and we'll move on now we have the famous Forky and we uh, had an interview with him about the forum so we'll roll that one out okay so we're here with Forky and we're going to talk the origins of the SRFC Ultras forum and uh, around what year did it start and there was more than one wasn't there the Ultras forum I think started there was various forums and they used to appear and disappear I think the Ultras started running the forum solidly from around 2003 I think it was the first forum nobody knew who ran it it was just this Shamrock Rovers one I think it's actually still on the internet if you go looking for it but that was around 1999 I remember the first time I was on that and you didn't have to log in or anything else you could just you typed in a note and then typed in your name so you could actually have arguments with yourself and stuff it was, it was kind of surreal but um, I think what happened then after that Joe set up a forum the Hooperazzi forum that was it so that was really yeah that was technically the Ultras forum so Joe the Hoop set that up um, and with what were the other forums then there was a yeah the Hooperazzi forum and then when Joe got involved in the Ultras then it just I think he changed that into the Ultras forum as far as I can remember probably wrong now Um it's very hard to remember things on the internet because they disappear and reappear, you know. Um, <clears throat> but I think it was around 2003 then Joe started running it and then uh, was it Steve and all the lads got involved in it as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the same characters sort of carried through and some people stuck with their names. So, they, you know, you knew who they were. But it was it was different now. You know, you're on Facebook, you know who everyone is. So you can't, be as controversial on Facebook. He's with the forum. What everyone had these mad handles, and no one knew who. Like it could have been your best mate. You know who's your it man. It was fun trying to work them out, including I directors at the club. Uh, yeah, so you could have crazy arguments with people and stuff like that. And um, some people had two or three handles as well, so they'd like they'd have an alter ego as such. You know, they'd go on and uh, so yeah, have arguments with themselves as well, uh, arguments with other people, and then like so yeah, it was great. Like I mean, some people used to. Uh, stay in on a Friday night with a bag of cans just going to the forum like I remember um, coming, used to come home after the pub and go on the forum and things like that Like, and people be posting drunken rants you know all this stuff um, but it was it, at the time I suppose the forum was instrumental in uh, 
saving the club because like a lot of fans sort of you know got together there and there was huge discussions and everything you know between either the school and then obviously the GAA and everything else and uh, the change of the board and all the rest and so the forum was sort of instrumental in that like because people uh, got organized that way you know so so yeah if it wasn't there like you know the, the fans probably wouldn't have been able to take over the club at the time because there wouldn't have been that communication channel there you know um you know i don't know you, you could nearly would it would would milltown have been saved if there was a forum back then i don't know but it's possible like um but yeah it was hugely instrumental you know, tool in getting the fans together and because people obviously before that wouldn't have talked to each other outside of match day you know I think you had the nearest thing you would have had to it in my days when I was young following the, in the RDS was the Hoops Club call I don't know if you, you ever heard that there might even be some recordings of it around there somewhere that was done by um, a chap who ran the shop in the RDS Tommy Conroy I think his name was um, and it was basically just you phoned up an answering machine and there was a recording about the go- what's happening at Rovers so I suppose that was the the nearest thing we had when we were teenagers um, but then yeah like it went on for years the forum now every now and then it would crash and disappear and all the messages would get disappeared and then we were left with a fresh forum you know <laughs> and then pe- some people I think went off and set up their own forums and secret forums and things uh you know, th- there was various cliques around Rovers. I think there was even, at one stage, there was a click forum within the forum. I don't think I ever got invited to that. I think I got invited to it at the end, and it was a lot of crap. So, uh, <laughs> tell us about the uh, random bannings. Yeah, um, the two lads who were running the forum at the time. I think uh, they're both from Tala. Um, what was it? The Red Doyle and Steve, obviously. Uh, but one night they came back from I think they must have been in the same house they came back from the pub and uh, they banned a load of people randomly and left you like a random message and all changed all the avatars to like you know um, I, I, like, I can't remember they changed mine to something anyway but it was something I didn't like you know so I was going mad and I couldn't change it back and they had stupid messages changed their signature as well you know so they did that to loads of people and so that, that sort of became a thing then you know with uh admins you know you just have a random banning for it was usually your mates you'd ban you know just for the crack and it would only be for a day or two anyway but some people went absolutely ballistic over it like <laughs> didn't see the funny side of it but uh it's been down for about six or seven weeks now what has my post been doing himself at home he must be cracking up yeah i think like i i haven't really i stopped sort of posting on it really um i think what happened was i got i got a job where the form was blocked so that's sort of put an end to it because when you came home from work the last thing was you just read through piles and piles of messages um, and then Facebook started up and that's I suppose the reason why so many people are probably using Rover chat on Facebook is it's, it's on the phone so you don't have to sit in front of a computer and go on it like you know so um, like back then you'd spend the evening in like you, you wouldn't just go onto the Rovers forum now there was various forums and some people had handled on every forum in the league including Linfield forums and things like that and there was fellas would come from them forums onto our forums a fella called Section F a Linfield fan and he used to get dogs abuse like you know um, and then there was obviously Jippo Web which was a great read especially when we won you know we used to say Jippo Web's in meltdown you know uh, <coughs> I think some lads still have a login to that which I'd like to get you know well not now obviously but um, yeah that was a great read like and <coughs> 
like you sort of became familiar with the handles on Jippo Web and all the rest. You know, I remember one night we were on the pub after it was an away game somewhere, we came back into town, a few of us went into a pub and it was it was all um Dunster and all them, like it was uh, but we went into the pub and there was a load of Bose fans there and they were like, Oh get out of this pub, this is a Bose pub and we were like, It's on the south side and all you just get out and all and it turned out it was the lads I think there's names like El Cuervo and things like that. Um the, it was basically it turned out the group of lads we were with it was basically their polar opposite from Jipo Web, if you know what I mean. Like so it was all the hoops SC lads, you know. Uh, Fergus and all them. But um, so it turned out it was a bit of, uh, it, it, there was a bit of uh, banter about football and all the rest. There was no trouble around in the pub, like but it was it turned out to be quite funny because we were like, Oh you're your man, yeah, was, are you posting off like shite in the form and all you know, that sort of thing. Um so yeah, there was loads of that going on, like um People brought up the the onions tread, the lookalikes tread, like what would be some of the highlights of yours, some funny stuff? Uh, the treads I used to love the there was a random picture tread that was great um, and you see that Google had only just started doing image searches this was new people just come up with these mad pictures like and I can't remember what way it worked was it people used to just pose with random pictures of random things and gifs and stuff like that but it was hilarious like because it was before Facebook and all this you know where you got these you see mad stuff every day now like but this was new you know mm. um, <coughs> there was a Someone started. I think maybe it might have been me. Someone started a thread. Things that piss me off or the things that I hate, and it was basically just trying to these rants like people giving out about everything, like you know, uh, people on the bus, uh, boggers, stick fighting, you know, all the rest. Like yeah, people just going absolute rants about that was great crack. Like um, and what else was there? There was the local like thread. There was a, I think there was one guess the football ground as well. People used to put these obscure football grounds in the middle of nowhere and you had to guess which one it was and, and if you got it then uh, it was your turn to post you know but like people have got very competitive on that one like because yeah you'd be looking at these abandoned grounds in Mongolia and all and sticking them up and it was amazing that people used to guess where they were I know obviously they were using Google and things but there was no image search back then so uh, yeah that was another good one yeah when it's peak uh, match day trails would be over 20 pages long yeah. and uh what do you make of the constant negativity of my post? Like, what do you make of this man? Uh, I gave up reading his posts after a while. They were too long. And then, <clears throat> but towards the end of the forum, there seemed to be a, a lot of my posts on the forum. The people had changed, and it was there was a lot of nonsense threads. Like, post your, your favourite Rovers 11, and all these obvious ones. Like, there was no cracking that. It was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, or who do you think should be playing this week? And you know things like that you know i suppose yeah some people like that but i was, I was always more into the off-topic forum just for the random abuse and everything you know what i mean like so uh yeah it was great like i think some people used to people used to private message each other and all like the, the, the debates used to get quite heated i think, I think some people like, yeah they'd be saying oh you know i want to speak to you on friday you know send them pms and things like so oh yeah like there was great characters in the forum you had rennie uh you had um obviously joe and everyone was on it um but some people, obviously, yeah, they, I don't know, like they type these absolute essays, like mm. you know, um, some of them were quite hard to read as well. I suppose around the time when the battle with the GAA, like, there was huge threads on that, and there Thomas Davis and all the rest, and um, Declan Spondon keeps that going, keeps the anti-GAA vibe going. Yeah, good man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he's still at it on Facebook as well. I see, um, but yeah, yeah, sure, anything anti-GAA is great. Like so, yeah, keep it up. Yeah.
but when the men's put up on Facebook that they they think they're bringing back, it got a good response on Facebook. And can you see the arguments for it that people keep starting more and more threads about the same thing on Facebook, whereas it's more organised on a forum? Yeah, I mean, Facebook obviously is a bit different because you can share instant images and videos and things instantly, you know, from your phone while you're at the match and things like ultras displays, stuff like that, um, or even goals, you know. Um, but bringing it back, yeah, I think because a lot of people are just getting tired of Facebook. It's, it's, I don't really check the main feed. I just go into Rovers chat on Facebook now because there's just so much rubbish on Facebook. I'm not sifting through all that. You know, it's just too much effort. Uh, and people posting the same rubbish, like pictures of their dinner or their dog or something like that. Selfies, you say, on the park with dogs. Uh, you know, how many flipping miles they've ran. I'm not, you know, who cares? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So... Uh, yeah, there's too much that going on on Facebook now, so I just yeah, I just stick to Rovers chat. But um, yeah, I suppose recently as well, it goes. Through, some people should sort of stay off at 24 hours after after a match. But I suppose it's it's good. Yeah, if you can't make a match or something, it's good to catch up and find out what went on on it as well. Um, and you might get a go- you might like I was away last weekend, and I think someone posted one of the goals. Uh, posted Berkey's goal so we were able to see that because we couldn't get it on the I don't think it, was, it wasn't on the telly but we couldn't get a feed working the, you know the internet wasn't great so yeah it's good for that sort of thing but I think the forum probably has its purpose it was getting a bit boring towards the end I suppose with some, it was the same sort of 10 people on it I think wasn't it like yeah. um, the numbers were dwindling yeah yeah and they were just posting the same old rubbish like um, but it used to be great yeah obviously when fans of other clubs used to come on and there was a bit of like back and forth and a bit of abuse and everything else so that was good crack like you know um, and then obviously like I think there was some fans who used to spend more time on our forum than their forums I think it was Dr. Knight though was a Pats fan mm. Dodge I think was another one but yeah they were constantly on our forum you know so yeah it was good crack I reckon Forky could talk for hours do you know that? I reckon <laughs> he'd stand there for hours and he wouldn't shut up he's one of those people where I don't really need to ask him he just goes on and on, doesn't two he? Two or two questions. I just give him one. He just sort of takes care of himself. You could have just said, "Listen, hold the mic. I'm going to the jacks," <laughs> and he'd still chat away. No, but I love the stories about the random bannings and the uh, random bannings were brilliant. Yeah, uh, the random picture trade. Like that's it's just like technology has progressed so much now that that's it's a, it's suffering because of that. So I I I don't know. Hopefully, it's it comes back popular again and and. Uh, it's a different it's it's a, a different perspective on Rovers as well. I think it was supposed to return um was it this week or last week? But it didn't. No, it's it's I think the lads are busy, but listen, mm. they're they're doing their best. And uh, what about our dear leader? Remember him? Our dear leader, do you remember him? He was brilliant. <laughs> oh, that was a good show. I forgot all about him. Yeah, I only thought about it after the interview, yeah. Section F. Um Jesus, I can't take it off the top of my head, but our dear leader, he was brilliant. And uh, so we'll move on now, and we're going to talk about our nil all draw in Derry on Friday. We had Carr coming back from suspension. Joey O'Brien was the only player that started against Longford to start this one as well. So we'll talk about uh, some ticket problems that we had. They cut the online sales, I think it was mm-hmm. possibly Wednesday night. And, suspended them, yeah. Uh, suspended them completely. So you couldn't buy a ticket through the Rovers link, you couldn't buy a ticket on the Derry site. And I mean, it didn't. I think this spurred on a few more people to go, as if to say, "You know, you don't know. Do you want let me buy a ticket? Well, I'm going anyway. I'm gonna book. I'll get on the bus and, and see what happens." Initially, as well, an issue was that the site wasn't secure. Yeah, and that they fixed that as well. One of our mm. our our tech guys put on the forum and let us know that don't buy it. Your details could be taken. 
easily. It did become a bit of a mess. It was only when one of our fans got on to Kevin McDade, who uh, who runs this, and he happened to be away. So that's why he was kind of struggling to manage at the time. But thankfully the club ended up giving uh, tickets to the buses. There's a part of the club that were heading out to the game. So I went off without a hitch anyway, so yeah. it was a... There was no problems in the end. Everybody got in safe and sound. And then we had the bus down. The Gary Twig Supporters Club bus. Uh, what to say about this car? Was literally on wheels in every sense of the saying. It was it was crazy. At, at one stage it was like an actual pub because nobody was in their seats. Everyone was just in the aisles drinking, chatting away. And you're just trying to go, oh yeah, sorry, let me get by there. And you're trying to get up and down the aisles of the bus. Yeah. Absolutely insane. I made the fatal mistake of leaving my SRFC Aldridge bag on the floor. Oh, damn so. It is drenched in beer now. Oh, lovely. Which is probably the appropriate smell of an Aldridge bag, <laughs> to be fair now. But. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it is. Yeah, jeez, it was all sorts of singing. I, I even got a few chants, Gar. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have to get a prof chant. You let, you let Aldridge be honest. It's not, a, it's not a, uh, an away game without a prof chant. But... Um, yeah, I think uh, Jason Maloney is now being rebranded. If anybody watches Game of Thrones, he is officially various with his little boards all over Dublin and Ireland and, <laughs> and Northern Ireland. He's he's the, the most in clue, the clued in, most clued in man in Ireland, and I will gladly put my hands up and say I was butchered by the man on the bus. I hands up, I'm, I'm still <laughs> suffering. I was torn to shreds. He took the piss out of you for a full eight-hour round trip. <laughs> it was in fairness to him. I I gave some stick back, but at one stage I just thought, John, I'm actually this is actually funny. I've no retort. <laughs> Keep going. And then uh, and then we got some. I think we got some secrets from the. Well, he's on the west mm. end, but we could call a secrets from the east end now, as he was dishing the dirt on a uh, some old rover story. Everybody was just kind of gathered around listening to Maloney talk about. All sorts of rovers stories and, and cool stuff. Here he's threatening to start a breakaway podcast. A breakaway podcast. Yeah. I forgot about that. Says he's going to have McGregor on. He's going to have 40 million listeners. Yeah. Oh, he's some man. Yeah, so we did well for a while for the pit stops. I think we lasted maybe two hours. And then it was just downhill from there. Hmm. I mean, it was every pit stop took about 10 minutes. The, I think it was the first or the second stop home. One poor fella was actually shoved into the ditch. As he was taking a piss, so yeah. <laughs> sure, didn't one person sleep in the oil from Emmyvale to Dublin on the Hoops SC? Yeah, Barney said Barney that. tipped his hat to him. Yeah. But um, we then got a video. We were asked to uh, do a video by Dan, our, our leader on the GTSC. And uh, it was, uh, hopefully we like to think it sport on the players and they saw it. Well, it depends on your point of view. Some people thought it was cringy. Fair enough if you thought that, but. I'm not surprised the Hoops SC one wasn't used because you had the not very PC song about Elton John yeah. being sung in that one. <laughs> Did you see that one? I also love how it just cut Did they have a video? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. I love how it cut to Rebecca Dunn on her own. It just didn't look impressed. And then it cut back again <laughs> to all the madness. Uh, video wars, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to have... This could be a civil war brewing between the Hoops SC and the GTSC. But uh, the, the, the feeling of defiance going up was, was amazing. Because everyone got on. I mean, the bus. The bus was late. Won't mention any names, boy. Mm. But uh, <coughs> Maloney, and um, a good half hour late. But so we we've been drinking the whole time. So by the time we got the we got on the bus, we were we had a good couple of cans in us and bottles. So the the mood was was lightened completely, and uh, 
it, it was just a great bus all around great trip I think that added to the legend of it is that like a lot of us were talking openly about losing the game quite handily like we're talking about losing 4-5-0 a yeah, lot of us yeah. were so yeah the defiance that, that was the right word that was, I think Malone used that word too but I had pr- been procuring people for this for months like I think two months maybe I've been p- throwing out little feelers here and there to hoops and saying let's get on the Gary Tweed bus yeah make sure you get on and then they'd say to them like Carl Cairns Dino and Bucket they all got on Fielder he'll get on and then you'd Maloney you'd Dano you'd all these fellas who who normally probably wouldn't travel on it I, th- I think we're going to have to make it a regular thing now I think Sligo away is the next one start planning that already yeah so we thought we'd give a few shout outs to uh, some, uh, some noble lads on the bus there was Aidan Bennett and Connor Foley Connor Foley wouldn't fucking shut up to be honest <laughs> towards the end of the trip about half one in the morning I was just like Connor just leave me alone it's half one in the morning it must have been 10 hours on a bus now we're good lads all good lads and hope to see them on the bus again for uh, I think Sligo Saturday isn't it on the I'm not too sure the date but the next one's a Saturday yeah I had good chats with Sean Fields aka that Fields fella that Fields fella and uh, Aidan Bennett big big fan of the prof as well you didn't hear the he found Derek. my stats he says yeah. oh yeah, yeah. that's uh, it that proves the haters wrong, doesn't it? You didn't yeah. hear um, Fields' uncle Derek serenading me from the stands, did you? At no, the at the court game, I was walking out and he was saying Gary O, Gary O. I said, <laughs> "Give us a song, Derek." And I think I'm gonna call him uh, Bocelli from now on. It was quite the set of lungs on him. What a set of pipes! Unbelievable. He actually can sing very opera style. So big shout out go. to Derek for that one. So anything else about the bus? Uh, well, no, uh, nothing else we can say without getting divorced or arrested. <laughs> Alex said something inaudible again. Yeah. At, at, at one stage, everybody just looked around. I think we were looking at uh, Maloney because he'd be quite familiar with the with the Scottish accent. Just going, what is he saying? <laughs> no idea. The ice hockey man. The ice hockey man, yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, the bus up and then we got to the Brandywell. Quite impressive, isn't it? The new Brandywell. Yeah, it was in fairness when I got up to my seat. It's called... Uh, the south end stand that's where we were isn't it I will say though I don't like the view because we're not in view, we're not in line with the pitch in any way we're completely behind it as in Dundalk but we're a lot further back Yeah. so you're a lot further back than you are as the view would be similar to Oriel Park but you're not in line with the pitch at all well you have the bonus of the running track being gone <clears throat> but yeah you are, you are kind of further back we're so far back from the goal and the stewards that Stephen O'Dwyer did not have an argument with a steward at this game not once tried his best Gary I, I started questioning my reality <laughs> at this is game the, is this real is this a real <laughs> Rawers game if Stephen O'Dwyer is not arguing with the steward here's the thing as well there was there was very little stewards there was no segregation between us and them we were maybe what 10 steps away from Derry fans and mm. all that was separating us was a stairway no the odd steward was there, but there was no line, ring of steel, or or cordoning off of that green mesh. There was none of that. So, no, sure. Even at half time, when you're going to get your food, you're just walking past yeah, mingling dairy fans. with dairy fans. Yeah. I reckon that was the that was that was the trick. They were like, "Yeah, let's trick them into a false sense of security." And when when they start something, just lay into them. That's what it was. The ejection officers were were eyeing us up all night. Yeah. And uh, the dairy accent as well. It's quite thick, isn't it, Prof? Same as um, as Alex, I just couldn't understand anything they were saying. They were pointing <laughs> us to the the entrance we had to go to. I just you just sort of nodding. You're yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Over there. Heard a few hardy hairs there. It's yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> but um, we'll move on to the actual game itself. And I thought we were excellent from the get go. And 
it was just one of those nights like I spoke about beforehand. We had no luck. Absolutely no luck at all. And you, you could tell... I mean, the first half... Forgive me if I don't for, remember much. <laughs> but we, we, we could have put them to bed in in the first half and it just wasn't wasn't our night I mean we hit the bar with I think it was Dan Carr touched onto the bar by Doherty uh, Borky hit the bar well, af- after we hit the Dupere uh, the rebound came to Cabinet and I was watching the replay of this they had it on TV at the uh, the court game in the, the Glenmore suite I was just watching the replay of this Cabinet shot and the way it just way it just fired in between defenders and it somehow easy, stayed easier to out. score wasn't it it's like, it's like that was literally the only way he could have hit it that it wouldn't cross the line. No, it was just like I said. It's just not our. It wasn't our night. Look, as as regards yeah. to look, but you had Grace and was a Pigo had free headers. Oh, that, that free header, he'd be seeing that in his sleep. Yeah, it was it was a good defensive header, but I think he just forgot he was at the other end of the, the pitch. Arguably, the best chance was actually Aaron Bolger's because he was true on goal. Should have squared. Yeah, you could see Dan Carr was visibly frustrated, yeah. and he, in fairness, you're in front of the goal, you're going to take a shot, really, in his mind. But I mean, maybe that's that's why we have to become more, we have to become cute in that sense. Like that was that you're up in the brandy well, you're true on goal. There's a guy, your your teammate is to your left. The 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 smart thing to do and sensible thing to do would be square it and make sure you score as you've more of a chance. But listen, it wasn't it wasn't there night. Well, from memory, we had five clear cut chances. Although Kieran McDermott insists to me that it was ten. Ten. Ten, ten chances, ten. he says. <laughs> well listen, we could we should have had them put away and um if you look at Bork hitting the bar on Soccer Republic, in the background you can see a green Adidas Stone Roses jacket and it's Dan Fulham. <laughs> he does about four pirouettes in a row out of frustration. Check it out, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> He's just jumping around, slamming his fists around, going around in circles, check it out. Yeah, we were meant to get the annual Dairy Away post-match report from Carl Kearns. I think we ended up forgetting. But yeah, no, the tw- 12 can Carl Kearns was a... Uh, Though he only had 10 cans. Was no, well, he gave me one, so 11 can Carl Kearns. No, he I, only brought 10, apparently. Oh, did he? Well, I got which, one off him anyway. I was all out. Which doesn't fit the narrative at all. Very disappointed with that. That's the thing about the bus, yeah. isn't it? You haven't got a can. Someone, well, if you're like Maloney, was giving them out. He was just dishing out cans left, right and centre. Yeah, he, but, was, uh, he was chatting to me for a while and he, he just said to me Roy I'm off on the hunt for some alcohol now <laughs> and off he went but yeah Carol Curran said that that was the best he's seen us play the Brandywell ever I think yeah, yeah I can't remember can you remember something better I, I don't think so but uh, yeah so thanks to Carl Curran for the can of Pratt's very happy with that so given the, the chances I mean normally a point to the Brandywell is a good result but it was really two points dropped yeah we went home un- unhappy and especially considering the previous results, I mean, if you if you get if you draw away to Derry, in the middle of a run where you're like you know, you beat Bowes and you beat Cork, then you know that's league winning form. But because of the previous results, that draw was actually a disappointment. And because of the chances, definitely agree with you. But we mentioned the expectations going in. I mean, Derry had won all their home games. We are still the only club now to keep a clean sheet against them. Oh, oh, that's that's an official stat now. So yeah, we're the go. only ones to uh, not come away from the Brandywell. Or no, any come, 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 Yeah, in general. Yeah, they've scored in every game except us. Statosaurus Rex on the the rampage again. But um, we actually controlled the game. I yeah, mean, no, we did. We aside did. Aside from all the chances, like we controlled it from start to finish. And Kenny Shields even said it afterwards that we were the better team. We came up and tried to win it, and they were poor. They had an off night, but they're 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 having an off night, and they're still taking a point. 
if whereas us this season we have an off night we're losing all three so mm. it shows you the difference and um the halftime dirty stadium announcer ha- did you see did you hear what he said bro he was wishing kenny shields a happy birthday he was trying to get the crowd to go give him an hour he got a cake in the pub afterwards as well oh did he yeah so kenny was a uh, happy birthday is 52 <laughs> how's that that was no <laughs> Good. Yeah, so uh, we are staying up, was chanted on the way out, and we weren't bricked on the way home. So Success. Success, yeah. No uh, uh, projectiles coming through the windows. That was actually a running joke on the way up. Who would have to get the the bricksy? You know, like you're on the inside. Yeah, Fielder was talking about that, wasn't he? Yeah. He's was like, we is all sitting in our seats. We should be in the oil. <laughs> Everyone was strangely on the outside, you noticed. Yeah, but that was interesting the way, you know, like you're, you're slinking out of dairy at night. There's no singing or chanting or... It's eerie, isn't it? Yeah. It's an eerie silence. And of course, very importantly, the prof sampled the burgers in Derry. How did you get on? Yeah, this burger was in the upper echelon. Oh, yeah? Of League of Ireland burgers, I would say. And I know Jim Toner is always surprised when I need sustenance. <laughs> but uh, I am actually a human being. <laughs> this is a, So give us an hour 10. Give us a, the Derry burger. Out of 10? Give it an 8.5. 8.5? That could be yeah. top of the table. Why actually? Yeah, we're actually gonna actually because Pat Sutty's been asking us to have a cooking section on this for weeks. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to bring in a new segment where the prof goes round the round round to each league of Ireland, uh, ground and tastes all the grub and marks it out of ten. So that would be you can look forward to that. Considering that's that's for the the non drinkers out there, so they can look forward to some food reviews. So prof hits with some stats. A rare away draw for us, Derek. We've only had two away league draws in 19 months. 19 months. And that was two all away to Derry at the Brandywell well in September 2016. The agricultural two all away. And that's to it, Derry. yeah. And nil nil at the Brandywell well on Friday. So our luck is changing up in uh, the Brandywell. well. So that was five league games without a win. Our worst run since August 2013. And it was six without a win in all competitions, which was actually our worst run since moving into Tala. Jesus, worst run since moving to Tala? Yeah, so we didn't win any of the last nine games of 2008. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Inside joke there. Let's go move on. And the first game of 2009, nil odd draw against Bray. So that was a total of 10. For years, our Bray games have been a bit, a bit of a damp squib, haven't they? Like, when we go out there, it's just the, the, the conditions are horrible the games are terrible mm. I think what the one in what score was it 2 all when we won the league out there other high scoring games the 4-2 when Duna scored late on and Tomer was sent off other than that I can't really think of any other high scoring games out there in the Carlisle if you notice when Stephen Bradley is discussing their bad run he, he openly accepts that Bowes was, was bad right but he just seems to skim over Bray and he sums it up as the back pass but I mean it was we, more than that we were awful in that game yeah. too the conditions were a massive factor but this season alone our our downfall has been individual errors and it's been a calamity of errors like I said we yeah. talked about this in previous weeks the amount of individual errors that has been our downfall is crazy but listen that, that was in the past hopefully we're over this little mini slump that we, we've, uh, we've we've gone through and we're probably probably best to move on yeah but those stats I just gave out there don't sound good but we're actually quite upbeat after that draw because we were thinking right that performance in clean sheet 
That's going to help the players' confidence going into Cork. Massively. We saw it as a good building block for Cork, even though we're on this bad run. And you and I actually had a good feeling going into Cork. Definitely. I think a lot of people did, though. Even Pat Tutti said it as well. Pat Tutti mm. said it to me. He texts me and he says, I bet you we went tonight. And I says, you know what, I'm really confident. And then I've been texting you. And a couple, now, in fairness, a couple of people didn't. They thought we'd be spanked. But mm. Cork showed up and thought, oh, yeah, we'll win. Yeah, I remember saying to, I think it was Glenn Dunn who said that, that we're either going to win 3 0 or lose 3 0. Win 3 0, lose 3 0. It just felt like. I felt like if we got the first goal, we'd go on and win easily. I don't know why the early I thought goal was that. essential, wasn't yeah. it? Whereas if we went the goal down, we could have crumbled because of that run we're on. What the Borky say to us in the roll song, we said to him, do you, what did you say to him? Do you not like, do you ever score a tap in now? Yeah. Yeah, we were congratulating uh, Horgan as well. And, his, and on, on the topic on of Horgan as well, I, like I said, we did questions with the East End, you'll hear that soon. We, I said to the prof, I said, name a better save. Name a better save in Tala. And that one down to Horgan's right. The only one I can think of, there was a great one by Baz against Pats. It was around four years ago. I remember it was stunning. Yeah. So, but I that's that's the only one that comes to mind. Yeah, I think, I'm, like you said before as well, the Manus penalty save against Pats when Billy got sent off, that was actually a really good yeah. penalty save. Other than that, I can't think of, there was a great one that we spoke about recently in the 6-0 Cup win versus Galway years ago with Manus. Manus got down to his, to his left, quite similar to the Horgan one. Like it was a point blank save so if anyone mm. can uh, think of a better save definitely put, put it up on the link for this show and yeah. uh, we'll love to discuss it but just a final point on Derry uh, I remember saying to you a few times actually that I just I don't want a moral victory so I'm fed up with fucking moral victories because, at this stage are you? because we played well in Cork Dundalk and Waterford and got nothing out of it so to me that was the ultimate nightmare playing well in Derry and losing and, and considering they, they weren't great at all if they had a nick mm. that at the end it, it, yeah. what would have drove us mad so so the, the two words I just didn't want to hear right were moral victory and then I log into Facebook and what does Brendan Fox put up moral victory. a big picture that says nil nil moral victory <laughs> would you feck off <laughs> uh, yeah we'd about 120 in there I reckon and, uh, Barney on the hoops SC the Dutch called king he was saying that uh, Tommy Kelly with hunger strikers tattooed on his arm singing what's it like to have the co- have a queen <laughs> and the one the Rovers he said some young flesh slept in the oil on our bus all the way from Emmyvale to Dublin it was that kind of trip I tipped my hat to him so lads I, th- these are the trips that uh, all the away the long distance long haul trips are the best when everybody just comes together like we just kind of merged with other SCs you had the Hoops SC you had people going in cars and buses and trains and all sorts I and mean, you just merge as you come into the ground you become one and um, definitely looking forward to it again we've Derry away again I think I'll have to start procuring that one as well Um can't wait for the next one that's, that's, that's all I can say Bernie and Tommy were comparing muscles in the second yeah, half yeah there was a there was a flex off I yeah. think I think, uh, I think um, Tommy might have shaded Bernie won't be too happy with that so uh, that was it I don't think there's any more to add to that trip it was very eventful uh, we took a point from the Brandy well after a bad slump and a bad run of games so happy happy with that really happy with the performance should have took the three but that's football so I think we'll move on now and we have it's all and Keith Baker, two rovers, two good rovers, lads, and the gaffers of Freehouse Clover. And they are going to talk to us about the final that they're in in May. Okay, I'm here with Ed Saul and Keith Baker, the coaches of Freehouse Clover, who are making waves in amateur football at the moment. Intermediate Cup final comes soon on May 12th. So tell us about the run to the final. 
Yeah, it's it's been a memorable one, Carl. Uh, started off in September with a six 0 victory at home to Piedmont, um, which put us into the open the open draw where you can meet anyone from Cork to Donegal, plus all the LSL teams. So we drew Castleview from Cork, um, beat them one 0 comprehensive one 0 It should have been more, but we got the job done. And in the last. Um, the next round which was the last 16 we drew another Cork side Leeds from Cork City but this time away so when we went down to Leeds uh, it was in the middle of a housing estate in Leeds massive crowd intermediate cup in Cork is still still massive and it brings out the crowds and um, we were probably quite fortunate to get away with a nil all draw we, we played well but we the pitch was in bits and they put the pressure on us and we held out for a nil all draw and we f- funny enough the replay was two weeks later air pitch was called off and we played them on an Astro and we beat them 1-0 another another game that could have been 2 or 3 we are very good on the day 1-0 and then we're into the last eight you're thinking you start dreaming about the final then but you look at the teams who's left and you're thinking no matter who we get it's going to be difficult the one team we didn't want was Crumlin and out of the hat comes Crumlin but it was at home so we fancy our chances against anyone but the lads were well up for it that day. We were, we were exceptional against Crumlin. Beat them 1-0. I had everything. Big crowd. Three sendings off. Flash points. It was it was amazing to beat them 1-0. So then you even dream even more. And in the semi-final draw, there was Minute Town University, Dublin Bus, and Letter Kenny Rovers. And between myself and Keith, we, we had a point after the Crumlin game. He said, just give us anybody bar Letter Kenny away. And of course... The draw was done, and Letter Kenny Rowers versus Fairhouse Clover. So, me and Keith had talked about it. We said, like, it's an intermediate cup semi final. It's going to cost a fortune, but we go up the day before. We we, we prepare right, give the lads the best uh, opportunity of getting to the final. And we did. We travelled up, stead in Derry. We couldn't get a hotel anywhere around Donegal at the time of the draw because it only gave us two weeks to book things. Plus, it was a Saturday night. So, we stayed in Derry. And we'd uh, we'd a lot of things planned for the lads. We gave them the best preparation possible. Went out to Letter Kenny the next day in front of a massive crowd again. Great facilities. Pitch was very very soft though. Players were slipping all over the place. And um, yeah, we got another nil all draw. But again, that game had everything. It had flash points. The referee was hit in the face by one of the Letter Kenny players, which the game technically should have been abandoned. We should have been awarded a three nil win, but. He was a local referee. He has to live up there. That's the reason why he didn't uh, abandon the game. So they were more dejected than us leaving leaving Delair Kenny because we felt right we can do these at home. They were a good side up there. They they were well organised, plenty of live, League of Ireland experience. But the guy who hit the ref was actually their best player, and um, we knew that they'd miss him. And another another one of their uh, better players pulled his hamstring. But in the semi final up there. We had a player sent off in the last minute for absolutely nothing. So he was our captain. We knew we'd miss him in the in the replay. But uh, again, air pitch was called off when there was the, the weather in April was so bad. Early April, and um, we ended up playing in Sacred Heart in Killinarden, and we were absolutely excellent on the day. We we actually made them look really poor. Um, a lot of people who were at the game to me said Ed, they were a poor side. And saying, well, they weren't that poor up there. They weren't that poor in the 
when we watched them against Sherry Orchard in the in the last 16, they were a good side, but we just turned up on the day and didn't give them a second. We prepared right. We travelled up the day before. They travelled down the day of the game. So we, you know, psychologically we were we were winning that, and um, yeah, it was great to see so many so many Rovers fans at the game as well in in Tally. Um, a lot of lads came to support us on the day, and I saw them there, and I thanked them a lot. So, yeah, that's basically the the cup run. We haven't conceded a goal, which is unbelievable. Um, but if you offer me now a three-two win or a two-one win in the final, I'd gladly take it. So the finals against Manute Town. Have you guys done your homework? Yeah, we've we've actually played them at the start of the season, and we beat them five-one in the Metropolitan Cup. But that's when their when their universities and stuff like that, their their players wouldn't have been around to would have played a, a different team that we're going to come up against then in the final. Um, same with ourselves, we'll have some players that that haven't been that didn't play that game that'll be there for the final. So look, we know that they're they're two divisions lower, but it's not going to be an easy game. We definitely won't underestimate them. They've um, some very good players. We've watched them a couple of times, myself and Ed. We went down and seen them beating Everton in the first round of the FAI Cup senior. And um good side, some some good players. They're young, they're fit and as I said it's a final. Anything could happen. Anything can happen on a day like that, you know. Yeah, we talked to you before about your your coaching badges, your you're working your way up to the ranks. Has that had a knock on effect? Your team successful season? Do you think? Um, like, like Keith asked me at the start of the year as well. Like, not only am I the assistant manager, I'm the club secretary, so and the coach. So I'm quite busy. It's uh, it's been mental the last couple of weeks since we, since we qualified, um, for the final between secretary work and coaching work and uh, trying to fit in Rovers games. As you can see, I have the little lad here with me tonight to keep the missus happy. I wasn't landing her, landing him on on her again tonight. So uh, now the, the coaching badges is certainly uh, like that was that was a tough year. The B license, I'll probably move on to the A license now, and maybe next year get this year out of the way and look to do that. Um, but yeah, it's no, it was a good experience. Good experience, I have to say. So you guys share uh, coaching and managerial duties at Fur House. So who's the good cop and who's the bad cop? Huh. <laughs> um, it depends who you ask in the dressing room which player. But um, now, look, myself and Ed work really well. We've we've came to the club together last year. It's our first season together. I knew Ed through Rovers. Um, I met him at the start of the season. He was in charge of Pegasus. Um, I asked him would he be interested. He actually, I knew by his face he wanted to, but he couldn't commit there and then. And well, by the end of the day, I was getting text messages back and forth off him, and we kind of we came to an agreement and we met up. And the two of us have got on so well. You know, we've a friendship outside of football, um, and coming to Rovers obviously as well. And the two of us work really well. Work really well. Ed's Ed's coaching with the players has has brought them on so much. And if I didn't have him beside me, I would be, we wouldn't be where we are. You know, he takes so much, so much stuff off the field now that he's secretary this year, and so much on the field with the lads in training and stuff like that. As I said, we couldn't be, we wouldn't be where we are without Ed. And um, we've another lad with us, James Mooney, who who does a bit of coaching, takes a bit of the burden off Ed. But um, now Ed's Ed's very good. He's very very good. The fans at the Viva Stadium. So let the fans know all the details. Yeah, it's um, just as Keith was mentioning James Mooney there, James is actually brother to David Mooney, ex-Rovers, um, now at Leighton Orient still. Uh, so yeah, James James looks out for, for Rovers results and stuff. Finals in the Aviva Stadium, 12th of May, Saturday at 5 o'clock. There's also the junior final on. What they do every year, the FAI, is they have the junior final and the intermediate final, and every year they rotate. So this year we're the second game, which is at 5 o'clock. It's ten euro a ticket. Under sixteens go free. OIPs go free. So already we've probably sold about five hundred tickets. We've put banners, flags, everything up over the fairhouse area. So um, the local community is buzzing 
the whole club is buzzing, the players are buzzing, families are buzzing. We've got T-shirts made up for all family members. So, yeah, I'd love all the Rovers fans to come along. Come along. It's going to be a day out in the Aviva. It's cheap. Come and support us. We're wearing green and white hoops. Wear your green and white. Wear your casual gear. Don't care what you want to wear. But it'd be great to see um, supporters uh, come and give us a dig out. We have to mention happy birthday to your rings and pal. Just amazing today. Oh, the one and only, <laughs> Juzzy, yeah, well, happy. Share b- a birthday with uh, Jody Byrne, I believe. Juzzy, yeah, yeah, good man, Juz. Yeah, I, I saw it was his birthday today. Uh, Juz's a great lad. Um, you know, me and Juz were the ones that started the Pride of Rings End uh, 10, 11 years ago, and we haven't looked back. We've had good and bad times, more good than bad, but uh, yeah, Juz, Juz is a legend, yeah. And this question comes in from Garrett. Has Bradley got a belt to your season ticket yet? <laughs> that that's don't mind that uh, question. That's Patrick Tutty. He uh, he has this thing that I threw my season ticket at Michael O'Neill uh, many years ago. That's not actually true. What happened was uh, I think in in the fourth season there was a, no, it was the second season when Michael O'Neill was in charge. I think in the fourth season we came toward did we or second. toward second yeah. So everyone thought we were going to push on, and we had a shocking start to the season against. Uh, I think we are beaten here in Tallah Stadium by um, Dundalk and Pats in the space. Well, you think it was Pats and then Dundalk. And I, on the Sunday, I was out having a few beers. I was out the night before and I was just topping up. And uh, I let Michael O'Neill know my feelings about the two defeats. I didn't throw my season ticket at him. So uh, uh, Jonathan Roach actually had a pop at me and I had a pop at Jonathan. It was it was it worked, didn't it? Didn't we win the league? <laughs> we won the league that year. So that's where it's here. Much looking forward to the final. Yeah, really looking forward to it now. Hopefully, as Ed said, hopefully the Rovers fans come out and give us the support that they did in the semi-final and massive for the for the local community and everybody around us. So, yeah, please come out and support this massive game for us. So that was Ed and Keith, two good lads, and good luck to the final. And I think me and Prof will probably head down to that, catch the two games as well. There's the junior and the, the junior game and the senior game. I think he said, but either way, there's two games for a tenner. You get two finals. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, a lot of Rovers fans are giving Ed support, so hopefully that continues at Viva. Yeah, Fierro's playing nice football as well, some good players. And like he said, goalkeeper has kept hasn't conceded a goal in in the whole tournament so far. So mm-hmm. that's Ian Malloy. So uh, big shout out to the lads and good luck in the final. He's denying being a resident season ticket thrower, though, girl. Oh, I think there's a photograph there somewhere. I'm gonna have to start <laughs> rooting. I'm gonna have to Bobby Vest and George Kelly. So we'll talk about our win versus Cork. 3-0 in Tala on Monday and we'd won say that again 3-0 in Tala on Monday versus Cork the champs and 3-0, we, put them, you we put them to the sword and slayed them and John Coffey and eyebrows so uh, I'd say they were going 90 on the bus and in the dressing room <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'd won for change and Gary Shaw was in for Dan Carr had another game added to his suspension which is bollocks in my opinion why? Why? Why did they just decide to let him play versus Derry and then give him another suspension for the court game? What was that about? Why? It's really awkward the way this Give us an works, explanation. That's what I want to know. These things are never publicised. I want to know why he was allowed to play in between his suspension. Has that ever happened before? I think it has, but it's bizarre. So why? why? What's, the, what's the reason? Still bizarre, though. So they saw that referee's report, right? And they read the report and says, OK, Danny Carr sent off, melted at me, whatever he did, threw his jersey, whatever and gave him a one-match ban, played against Derry, and then what, did they whip out the foil again and say, oh, well, do you know what, let's give him another game. Case closed, he was given his ban, and he played against Derry, so what was the problem? If you remember the Sean Cavanagh one, it was actually a hearing where they had to bring evidence so that he didn't get a two or three game ban. 
So he came back in time for that. So that might have been the case. Then we so probably, why wasn't that decided? Maybe we appealed, and yeah. they says, "Well, do you know what? For appealing that, we're going to give him another one." Why wasn't that decided before? I don't know. It's um, mm. it's it's crazy. So this was the third start in a row for Joey O'Brien, who's been was, solid. And it was two games in four game, two games in four days, and I've been really impressed with Joey. He's been excellent. He's been he, cool, the coolest customer on the pitch. He really has. His experience yeah. has has added to what we need. And what I've noticed is. Formation wise, when we were off the ball, when Cork were in possession, we had a flat back five and we looked solid. Mm. You had Kavanagh and Boyle tucking in completely, making a completely straight flat back five and they just had no wit. And I think that might have been down to the pitch. Garrett Brennan on the way out, Garrett Brennan said to me, he said, take a look at the pitch. And after on closer inspection, the pitch might have been narrowed because the the sideline where the ball boys are it was massive much much bigger than before so I mean that's what happens play, this is what happens at professional levels teams widen and lengthen mm. their pitch all the time so I think that helped in our if, if it is true I think it did help us but it, it one was, of the first things I it was, was obvious I thought I think Bobby Best said he was that Cork had no wit whatsoever yeah there you go and that's that was down to us having yeah. just given them no space out there and but as for Joe yeah I mean not that I should be surprised a Premier League footballer is looking a class apart. Yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? But I suppose it was the there was question marks over him. There was question marks over him whether we'd even get like a couple of games fourteen and fifteen games out of yeah. him. He's after starting three in a row, two games in four days, and he was brilliant against Cork. He was excellent, and he gives us see when he slots in there. So it, it gives our fullbacks, our wingbacks, the license to to rampage on, and that doesn't mm. mean, but because they're getting forward. We have three at the back. We have three natural centre halves at the back. Whereas Bulger or Bone isn't dropping in to form that partnership as a third centre half. Therefore, we have Finn. We had Bulgers. The two Bulgers. They were able to go and play football. They weren't burdened. Not one of them was burdened with a defensive role like Bulger would normally drop back in when the fullbacks go on and make a third centre half. That didn't happen. The three of them were either two were going and one was slightly holding but it wasn't, it wasn't a massively defensive display from a midfield three and that's what I thought was the difference mm. in that game and it was uh, it, it was really refreshing to see Bradzer switch up the tactics under pressure as well and it was a big shout for him to go with three at the back in possession five at the back when we don't have possession but for him to do that I thought it was a great shout and, and a brave move considering the pressure he was under I think our formation has actually been confusing teams it has if yeah. you remember Limerick they actually made a first half substitution to counteract their formation yeah. Cork looked a bit confused I listened back to the Cork podcast and they spent about five minutes debating where Joey O'Brien was playing yeah did they? yeah <laughs> and then we had um, I, I was I was late coming in I, do you know I was about one minute late I reckon I was a minute late right and then Gavin Bazuna and Alex Dunn couldn't get into the ground with their bags they were coming straight from training had the big bags I'd name four bags so I said right lads come on Brought them round, made sure they get in. I said, listen, they're part of the four-team squad or whatever. And when they get in, of course I missed the goal. Five minutes in, so two minutes away from missing that absolute cracker. Yeah, so once again, Borgie pops up with an absolute golazzo. Screamer. I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. That was right foot as well. I mean, people have been raving about this goal, but I mean, was it better than the Waterford one? Was it better than... <laughs> The two or three others you've seen already this season. Yeah, he's he's just outrageous. That actually puts him level on with Shawsy now. Nineteen goals for Rovers. Big star. Mm. Big star. Do you know do you know where it came from? Where did that come from? 
No, not the stat. The goal. It came from Horgan's kick It came from, uh, yeah, and, and a bad header from... McCormick. From McCormick, yeah. yeah. That's, it seemed like it was us defending, giving the ball away in our own half mm. and, and not being dominant. But um, excellent, excellent performance. And uh, Bill Gleeson has backed Borky to be the league top scorer at 16-1. to 1, So Great show. The points will be on Bill if it goes down to it. And of course, you can find us in the East End if you want. Don't forget about us, Bill. But um, our second goal was, was this a flick from Ethan Boyle from a corner? First goal since Dan Kerr's header in Dundalk from a corner. Yeah. Was it a flick? It looked like a flick or a back heel. So I think it was a little flick. Either yeah. way, he, he... Was it a cabinet's corner, yeah? He did a funny dance for a celebration. From, did, it, did the L sign on his forehead? Yeah, from the Fortnite game. Le hill, the her. Seems to be a popular thing now for all the kids. And Gary, we didn't celebrate... The second and third goals. Do you notice that? It was more relief than anything, wasn't it? Well, no. It was because I was waiting for an offside flag or a foul yeah, or something. Yeah, that's the thing. But it was relief because we genuinely thought, no, it's not going to count. It's the lo- Our luck has been down and it's us against the world so much all season as regards to even football in terms. We just genuinely thought those goals weren't going to count. We're looking around going, okay, he's been a foul somewhere. Pico's one, oh no, he might have handballed or, or somebody fell in the box and it's not going to be a goal. So that just kind of sums up how, we, how we've been how we've been feeling all season. Because we hadn't scored more than one goal in a game since the two sixes against Bray and Derry. Yeah, of course, you've got a couple of stats about that, don't you? I do, yeah. Well, that was Boyle's first goal, by the way. Unless he's claiming the Pats one, the own goal. No, I don't think he has a claim to that one. Yeah, so that was, it was 11 games in a row where we failed to score more than one goal and that was our worst run since a run of 14 matches from January to April 1999 Ooh. Statzilla on the rampage and there was 9 in the league that was the joint worst in the tally I'm liking these little stat darts as opposed to the the big yeah. influx of them. I'm liking these little inclusions. I'm glad you know it's my new format. Yeah, yeah, I'm liking the little darts <laughs> of stats in here. And uh, let's talk about Horgan's saves as well. He had one fantastic save from... Who, who was it from? But one of them either way. The two in the first half. The one just before half time was crucial. And probably the best save I've seen in Italian. First one was Buckley. Uh, I think the second one was, was Cummins. That was just before the break. Yeah. That you mentioned. I haven't seen a better save in Italian. The one down to his right, and I can't wait to see it again. Just he had no right to get a hand to that. Absolutely no right at all. What a save. It was being buried in the corner. Point blank, down in the bottom corner, and he just managed to keep it out. It was stunning. And the first time in years that everybody turned around and just yeah. made funny faces at each other, as if to say, <laughs> what the fuck did you say? What a save. We're all just in awe. That hasn't happened in you a You made a great time. point that... When was the last time you saw such a celebration for a non-goal? Yeah. <laughs> it was probably Jason Byrne's penalty miss. Yeah. He's still still looking I can't think it. of any bigger reaction than Tala, other than a goal. What a save. Absolute point blank. And you see his reaction after it. See, like he was... He was chuffed. Well pleased he, himself. And you know what? And you made a great point. You said he's just going to get into a Ferrari after this game and go sleep a supermodel. <laughs> because he was just... He had... So much swagger in the box. He was grabbing balls out of the air, plucking them out and yeah. keeping possession and just holding on to it. He was, he was excellent all in, around. In fairness, yeah, I mean, he was commanding his area, which is 
a criticism that's been leveled at him. Yeah, and he was excellent. And uh, I think some of the papers, I know I've had a bit of a war on the papers in the past couple of weeks, but he got a nine in the star, I think. I think he was a top performer as regards mm. to player ratings anyway. Even but, Johnny uh, Ward admitted, he said he's been sensational. Johnny Ward with a compliment for Rovers. Yeah. Can we just spare a thought for poor Alan Manis who has to come in now? Ireland's number two. Ireland's number two, yeah. Uh, I, this is a situation as well that would like, what did we say, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe a week, we said, what's the bets Horgan is going to have an absolute <laughs> stormer up until Manus comes in? And here's the question, someone put it on the chat, do, do they drop him? Do they just say, okay, Manus is here, see you later, Horgan, even if he's having a great game. So, how's that for morale? How how like how does that affect the squad where a guy can just walk into the team if that's the case if he is put into the Force, force 11 he is literally just walking into the team so well at the start of the season we were all pretty annoyed that the keepers would keep changing week to week after one made a mistake so if we're going to follow that yeah. philosophy I think on go, this forum Hargan does well. have to stay yeah go. but if yeah. That, that's the thing though I mean realistically it's all about how it affects the team as well Fair enough, fans can have their opinion, but it is all about how that decision affects the team as regards to morale. Because if morale is low and they see this guy coming in, just waltzing into the team straight away, pre-contract, and then he just comes in, even though Horgan is informed, that, that could be bad for morale as well. So, Well, it is two months away. It is, it's so a long time. So a lot of football to be played. But and, uh, his reaction as well, not just from right after the save, but he came over to the East End, his reaction as he walked off in the tunnel. I mean, the crowd are giving him a lift too. Yeah. I think that's going to help him. The superkeeper chance must, yeah. must feel great. But just, uh, I think it's it is a, it's a touchy issue as regards to our goalkeepers. And we were all delighted when, when Manus played or was, was signed and the news broke. But it's still, not, not to bring Horgan down, but it's still early days in his career. And his form has been good for, I think, what, three or four weeks now. So we we'll hope he keeps mm. it up. And maybe 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 the announcement of Manus has spurred him on to try and keep his place in the team. So, and uh, when the video of the save was posted on Facebook, uh, Don Manick posted to show his admiration for the Galway man. He said, "Can someone help me join Robbers this summer for trials?" <laughs> There's another guy called Yaboa Nash. I noticed him, and yeah. he's knocking out a couple of statuses now. Going, yes, Robbers are the best. Sign me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love this team. Robbers are great. Can I have a trial. <laughs> if you were to ask me to rank what are the most completely worthless things in the entire world I would definitely have replies to the official Rovers Facebook page somewhere in there yeah do you know what else is it for me looking for the right emoji you know how many hours I've spent <laughs> looking for the right emoji it's the most infuriating thing ever scrolling through that and I still do it you still do it horrendous stuff um, so what else we got we had half time Mikey O'Connor was in the suite and he told David Hanley that the case is closed and he got a 300 euro fine for his uh, little spat with the guard in Dundalk that night when he tried to do a legger and got uh, rugby tackled fair play to him I would have done a runner as well and Gare you came back from the West End I came time. back yeah that's miracles do happen I know it was, I wasn't drinking so that's what it was <laughs> I was over trying to sell poker tickets don't forget Poker tickets, lads. 23rd of June. It's going to be a great Rovers night. Talk about that in a while. And an important point as well about Horgan's save. If that goes in, 
And it's 2-1. The tails are up. Different game. Different game. And the hairdryer treatment will be much different in the cork dressing room. And they'll come out thinking, we can nick, we can nick a winner now. Or we can nick a, an equaliser and go on to win it even. And I, I seem to recall last season, remember we got those big home wins over the Dock and Cork? Yeah. I think we were 2-0 up in both of those games at half time. I know. It's, um, it, it's, it's something that we haven't proved over the years. Or in the last two years, I think, are a record against top four, isn't it? You had a couple of good stats about that not too long mm-hmm. ago. Um, so uh, Pico Lopez finally got a goal as well considering the do you know that that, that chance in Dundalk it was quite similar when we were 2-1 mm. down and he, and he, like it's it's just the look of the draw once again and he he put this one away oh, this was with his foot this time though. yeah you could say he bundled his first over. goal for the club with his foot so um, yeah any other day you know it's gone over the bar it's not gone in we just our luck had luck, our luck has finally arrived you know so that was Berkey's free kick Shazi flicked it on and Pico put away. So two defenders. Was it the Shazi flick on? Because Bork is getting the plaudits for two assists. Is he? Yeah. So we'll have to have a look back. I, I replayed it a few times. I was trying to figure out did Shazi actually touch you? So I'll have to message him and ask. But he'll probably say yeah, just to prove his Shazi stats Shazi assists. That, yeah. yeah. So two defenders in the score sheet. Yeah, and uh, two set piece goals. So it's good to see us score mm-hmm. from set pieces. And um, we Aaron Bulger. A bit of a quote about him, Stephen Bradley said, I gave Arnon his debut when he was 16 and I fully believe what he is as a footballer and as a person and what he can handle in terms of his character. It's very hard to pick a performance out of that group tonight, but if you did, then it's Arnon's at 18 years of age playing like he did tonight, played against... He played like he had 400 games in the league against some top midfielders. He did a bit of everything. He passed, tackled when he ran with the ball. He has a nasty streak and he won't come away from a tackle. You need that in the position he plays and Arna has that in abundance. He's only getting better and stronger and to produce that at 18 is scary. None of it affects Aaron in terms of giving him too much or too little. He just wants to play football and doesn't care about anything other than playing football. He's a throwback to the players who just want to play. He doesn't look at or care about what he's playing against. He doesn't care what colour boots he has or how he looks. He just wants to go and be the best player on the pitch. And then Brad's are added in the paper today that he's a nasty little fucker. <laughs> so, um... That might have been a bit... I don't think you'd be meant to say that. But, uh, yeah, no, he's... Uh, he's. We should have our own section on him every week. He's absolutely amazing. And I'm not sure... See, I had a... Not a theory on it. I just had thoughts on if he... Why he hasn't been playing. And I don't I don't really buy the whole doing his leaving sort of thing. Because, I mean, it's an hour and a half, two hours overnight. Surely you'd sacrifice maybe two or three... One or two training sessions a week to study... Instead of actually missing games. That's the way I'd probably see it. Fair enough. If you need to study, stay at home. Okay, that's no problem. Miss a training session. But I, I don't buy into the whole always oh, doing his leaving cert. And that's why he was missing games. I don't I don't think that's the case at all. It, it's two hours on a Friday. You know what I mean? Well, I did mention before that my additional theory was the international games. Because that can be quite uh, interrupting yeah. to a season. And uh, I think it might have been an injury there somewhere too. But... But uh, yeah, sure he did this before. It's been a welcome addition, hasn't he? No, he did this before. Sure, didn't he bully the Cork midfield when he was 17 Definitely, years old yeah. last season? I was only thinking of that last night in work. I was like, yeah. he loves playing against Cork. But he just, he looks like he has more time on the ball than other players. He just makes that time. Which is the sign of yeah. a class player. It's very hard to get the ball up as well. His passing ability is stunning. And uh, wait till he starts adding goals to his game, he'd be unstoppable. So... And he can leave the boot in sometimes he too. Can, he loves a tackle. He absolutely burst Morrissey at one stage. <laughs> it's brilliant. Clattered him. 
Yeah, Dan McDonald was singing his praises as well. He said, this guy is definitely going to be a player if he just keeps on an upward curve. It's a name I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about in the future. Yeah, hopefully so. And we had Maloney, Jason Maloney. He said, what a player we have in Ireland Bulger. I've been going to League of Ireland games for nearly 40 years now and I've never seen a young talent as good as this guy. Talk this talk this year is that his appearances have been limited because he's doing exams. I'll tell you what, I'll read Peak again, I'll quote Shakespeare's sonnets and find out who started World War One. <laughs> I'll do his leaving for for him, just if we let this kid play football. Who needs Oral Irish when he can do it his talking on the pitch? Get him on a long term contract and we'll get him sold to the EPL. If we were ever to lose him to Dundalk, I'd end up doing a maxi. <laughs> I liked Owen Rice's reply, he said World War One was started when Roberts lost consecutive games to Tritonville and the YMCA. The Robbers fans took it in their usual calm manner. As for Shakespeare, don't worry about him. Your Facebook posts are on the curriculum. Uh, do you know I'm very, a big fan of Owen Rice. I love his writing. But on the other performances as well, um, I, like we said, Joey O'Brien was great. We'll probably we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about them from, from 1 to 11 and we'll, we'll scroll through them really quickly. We Horgan, great game. We talked about that already. Uh, Boyle, I thought Boyle was impressive up and down. I thought he was excellent. Yeah. He didn't have that much defensive work to do, so I think that's when he's at his best and getting forward just to be a unit of a guy. You're not winning any 50-50s with him, you're not winning any headers. And he he, he, he did well going forward. I thought Cavanagh was solid. He had a, a, one of his better games. The three lads in the at centre, centre of the park or in centre defence, I thought they were all solid as well. Grace, I love the way Grace steps out with the ball. That's a, mm. that's a big thing for me as a centre half. I love seeing them stepping out and finding the pass. Probably unlucky for Ali because before that red card in Waterford, it looked like he was just forming that partnership with uh, Lee Grace and they were going to stay there. Yeah, it seemed but like But Pico came back in. He's been really good since. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's definitely earned a spot in the first team. And then we had the three lads in the middle with Bulger, Bulger and Finn who had a licence to roam. And that's mm. the freedom that we spoke about early on that they need to be creative and the three of them were excellent talk Greg Bulger had a point to prove as well he looked like a man in the mission he, man the against, mission, his old stuck club. In against his old club yeah. and he was really good so on the cover of hoop scene as well on the cover of hoop scene yeah no coincidence there and then we but have you noticed that whenever we get these sort of big wins Ronan Finn is at the centre of them oh yeah like, Finn was Finn, Finn ran his, his, he ran himself into the ground he was excellent again but if you look at last season remember we got our first big win in May at home to Dundalk yeah and Ron and Finn ran the show that day. It's and I think consistency is a big thing now as well. We need to be able to go to Pats and do the same thing as well because if you look at how narrow our pitch was, realistically the formation we played against Cork in Tala, considering the pitch, I could be wrong, it mightn't have been narrow at all, but it seemed like it was very narrow. And um, that could suit us in Richmond Park. So uh, hopefully we, we keep consistent and we go out and have the three points on Friday because I think it's essential to keep going. I think a draw out there would be would be a little bit deflating considering they were spanked 5-0 by Dundalk. So I think a win out there gives us a, a serious little platform to build on. Because the, t- like the league table still doesn't look right, but it's uh, we seem to be over a little mini slump now. Well, I assume we're going to play the same formation. And as you say, we look so solid when off the ball we go back to that back five and you've got the two bulgers shielding the back four exactly who are footballers as well they're not just grafters they're able to play football and get forward as well so if we keep playing like that I, I can't see Pats doing much against us I, I can't see them break, breaking us down so I interrupt you by the way you, you were just about to review um, Berkey and Shawzy and Shawzy yeah so Berkey man the match performance Once, like I mean he's just unplayable at the moment the guy just doesn't score simple goals and he he's just so dangerous and that was his right foot as well so this is and he was and, he, and if you notice he was a lot further up the pitch as well 
Why? It's because he wasn't dropping deep because we had three midfielders in there. Our three midfielders, Bulger, Bulger and Finn, one of them in our previous formation would drop deep, which was Greg Bulger, and become a third centre half, whereas the midfield was crowded, not, not for a bad reason, but the midfield was crowded with our three midfielders, therefore Bork was pushed on up towards Shaw mm-hmm. and it worked a three. And we had Shaw who ran his... Shaw was wrecked again on 75 minutes because he just doesn't stop running. He does so much work and that's what you need out of your striker if he's going to play that long role to bring in all the other midfielders and the wingbacks and things like that. So mm. you, you could say... Like, look at Twiggy in Europe. Twiggy did a lot of running in Europe and didn't score a goal. So that's what happens with these strikers. It's a it's a it's it's a tankless task playing up front on your own in that position because you're just you're tasked with running, flick ons, layoffs, and just bringing other people into the game. And I thought Shawzy was excellent, so it's good to see him back in form. In terms of finishing, I hope Dan Kerr hasn't gone off the boil since Bray because he looked a bit sort of looked hesitant in Derry. And obviously he was suspended for this. So maybe it's a big shout who starts. Yeah, it is a big shout. Pats. Took the words out of my mouth. It's a it's a tough one. I'm not too sure how we're gonna uh how we're gonna go about that. But that was all the performances and uh, great, like we said it was uh, it was great to get the win over the champions in Tala. And uh, you had M Peoples moving on up, belted out over the PA system. I would have loved the zombie with the cranberries, to be honest, <laughs> at half time. And uh did you see Aaron trying to lob McNulty from distance? Yeah, and uh, Berkey test him as well with a stinging yeah, free so kick. We're, so we're starting to be opportunist now as well. So it's listen. It's hopefully, like I said, hopefully we turn the corner and we can go on and we can beat Pats. I like Berkey's casual run up to the free kick as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, his run as well is quite mm. funny as well. It kind of holds. Well, if you did that for a penalty, we'd be given out. Yeah, but because it was a free kick and he actually had a lot of power in the shot. Surprising. It took a swerve to the right yeah. as well. I think good. Uh, save from McNulty and uh, like they like to rub it in but we battered them we humbled the double winners yeah so what a win Prof got to be happy with that it was emphatic wasn't it I mean if you look at actually look at our last uh, four home games against Cork uh, last season I think we were only five games into the season it was pretty early I remember we were unlucky we had that that dive by Sean Maguire I remember that Sean McGuire nicked the ball off Tomer as well yeah. so we lost that game the 2-0 on Paddy's day wasn't it so since that game we got the league cup win over them doing it got the last minute goal next yeah. time beat them 3-1 where Aaron Bolger dominated that day and we beat them at home on this one they never really put it to us when they come to Tala in fairness they don't mm. really set their stall out to attack they just kind of sit back and hope to catch us with a break or some sort of set piece mm. but they, ne- they never impressed me when they come to Tala I remember we hammered them three and the ones under Nutsy. That kind of came out of nowhere. Remember that one? That was uh, Duffer's debut. I wonder if they feel the same way. Yeah, Duffer's debut, yeah. I wonder if they feel the same way about Tala, the way we feel about going to Turner's Cross. It's always going to be a tough, tough game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is it a turnaround now, Prof? Have we uh, torn a corner and gotten out of this slump? Well, I think the word that people are using is consistency. Like you just touched on it there. Yeah. I mean, what was the what was the reason for that slump? I want to know. How can we just go four or five games playing terribly? What happens? Why, why are we so flat? How does that happen? Well, we're all obviously delighted with that win. But at the same time, we're kind of frustrated that we got one point against three of the weaker teams and then four against the top three. Yeah, very true. It's very frustrating. Pats are essentially with us now in mid-table. So 
they've got a game in hand on us. So this is actually the time to break away from them. Not, you know, for them to pull level. Yeah, I know. And we're still quite a bit away from 32 games in hand. Mm. And I think they're five points ahead. So, Do you know what stunned me about the two games? The back-to-back clean sheets. We kept back-to-back clean sheets against Derry and Cork. <laughs> think about that. After that little run. After the, the crazy, horrible run that we've been on. It is, it is shocking, in fairness. I don't know how we did it. But listen, that's, that's, I think that's a sign of a good manager. Somebody who could turn around that slump. And as, as far as we know, he didn't lose the dressing room. It was just a crisis on the pitch. It seemed to me that that was a catchphrase that people were throwing out. Yeah. Lost the dressing room. And like, it's never no, good. It's never but good. no one knows. We're not in the dressing room. But listen, it's we just ju- like something you hear on matches of the day. Yeah. No one's in the dressing room. And it's, uh, I think we kind of can tell from body language that they didn't kind of lose the dressing room. You know, there was no petulance really. on Even in those defeats... And like those when the Brennans were here, they were petulant, and and you knew he lost the dressing room. But I think we both felt they were just really lacking in confidence. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was a, a confidence crisis. So hopefully, listen, we're we're turning the corner now. Hopefully, and we'll go on and beat Pats on Friday because that's essential now to go on and build on the the men, momentum that we have. But we'll talk about the eighteen ninety nine bar as usual. It was epic, and it was the first midweek game this season that it was open. And Dunstar was raving about Ray's chicken curry, and who wouldn't be? Because it's blatant gorgeous. And uh, the Ballantyre men's shed, big shout out to the lads. They were there, and Sean McLaughlin, he established them, and they were celebrating their one year anniversary. So, big shout out to all the hoops and the new fans, I hope, in the Ballantyre men's shed who uh, do great work in the community. And uh, our old friend Pogues McLean, Pogues Whiskey McLean, gets involved there as well. And it's a place to go for. Uh, gentlemen who are possibly a little bit lonely and just need to sp- spend some time and they sh- I think they show games I think they show I think they, they have like workshops and things like that so definitely Google them if you have any interest at all Ballantyre Men's Shed and uh, Sean McLaughlin's your main man there he had them all on the bus the picture on the bus was brilliant the Larry bus it was I think the Ballantyre Firm <laughs> the Ballantyre Firm <laughs> yeah so um Sean posted on Facebook and he was very complimentary about the match day experience. I mean, it's it's fantastic in fairness. It still is. We're not the winners for nothing. And uh, getting a reserve table on their picture in the programme and one guy turned to him and said, all day on the news, it was how Cork going to win the game and put more pressure on the Rovers bots, etc. So nobody likes to see Rovers doing well and that performance will make it even sweeter. So uh, fantastic night all around. And we had Pat Kilmartin, our resident craft beer wanker he uh, his kids were ball boys and he had a great time Frankie did a robot dance when we scored one of the goals so Frankie and Louis Jaden's pals doing the ball boy I'm going to have to get Jaden involved in that because he's been at me for a while and I always thought it was just the Rover school boys so um, I must get onto them and uh, maybe even you, me and you could do a prof I'm sure we'd be fantastic at the, the match delay and tactics We'd, uh, Mark Welch saw a cork lad walk into the Maldon with a half and half Dundalk cork scarf on. So, um, I assume he was murdered. I think it, it could have been the AD99 because I asked Mark to fuck him down this creepy stairwell. So it, either way, what what is going on? How could you how could you even think that that's an appropriate thing to wear? <clears throat> the imagine, game, imagine Rovers and Bowes half and half. The game is gone, girl. The game is gone. No, gone. seriously, throw him down the creepy stairwell. That'll do. Him. And I just want to say, actually, credit where it's due, because we were on the back page of the Herald after this win, Gar. So, I'm happy for people to rubbish our conspiracy theory, if that's all it was. 
and we're happy for them to give us a bit of credit mm-hmm. as well when it's due. So uh, very positive pieces as well. And um, very positive from Kenny Shields as well, if we just go back to that. Kenny Shields was very positive about uh, Stephen being under pressure and, and pulling out the goods. So um, not too sure what to take from that though because Kenny's a master of mind games. So I think he's just trying to He's looking at the next fixture, possibly. If you watch John Caulfield's interview after they win, what's the or sorry after we beat them, what's the very first thing he says? Rovers have a league winning team here. Really? Rovers have a team to be winning the league. Jeez, I didn't hear that. Fair play to him. But listen, I take it with a pinch of salt every time. Well, no, he's saying it now when we're mid table and we're not going to win the league. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's easy for him. That's what he's it? saying. Maybe it, it's a maybe it's a, a piss take. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the fixture schedule now as well. Are you still as pissed off as I am about this? About the 10-team league? Yeah, of course yeah. I am. You know, you know how much I hate the 10-team league. It's getting, uh, it's getting old now at this stage. I think I said it all the way. There was such a low-key build-up like to, to that Monday game. Seriously. like I think Ray Wheeler made a great point. There's half the derbies on, on, the, on midweek on these Monday nights. So it's logistically easier to get to. That is a good point. Yeah. How can you travel to Cork? Like it's t- they think about it. I think we would we have Cork on a Monday, didn't we? And we we brought down about four hundred, I think, towards the start of the season. Yeah. Was that the Monday? Was that a Monday? It night? was Monday. Yeah, that's, yeah, I remember being annoyed by that. We were, we were, when the fixtures came out, I was pissed off. I remember completely. seeing the first two Cork games both on Monday. I remember being livid. Yeah, I took it. No, fair enough. I took it. I took a night off. I I took leave for it, which I don't mind doing, but it just it's stifles a lot of fans and they, they just can't go on a Monday night to Cork if they leave at 3 or 4 you know when people work but as for the congestion uh, like wait until the Bowls game comes up which is only in what a couple of weeks it feels like we just played them yesterday exactly that's what I was thinking and um, but there's only one midweek game now in May and June and that's a Tuesday home game against Pats so we've had all this congestion Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday. And then it just plays. And now we've got two months. Or maybe it's just maybe it's just us. I think I think other clubs have the odd Monday here and there, but someone said to me the point was to free up the summer to make it easier for the clubs compete in Europe. Well you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it pans out. That's 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 mm. pretty much it. But um, also we only have one trip or sorry, we have two trips outside Dublin. Next one in those two months away, isn't it? And that's Sligo and Limerick, yeah. Sligo and Limerick, and um, just on the, I think we mentioned Bowes there. Uh, we got a great suggestion. It was off Dino, wasn't it? And uh, this this is a fantastic idea, Dino Creevy. He said that we should nab non-League of Ireland fans and lapsed fans, grab them, convince them to come to a game, interview them beforehand, mm. bring them to a game, and then interview them after it. So fantastic idea by Dino and I've already nabbed someone in work a lapsed Rovers fan used to go to uh, Santry and he always kind of stayed interested as regards because I was always talking to him about it and he'd come and ask me how the game was and I said it to him I said tell you what how, how do you fancy it he says we'll bring you to a game interview beforehand ask you why you stop going and then bring you to the bar bring you to we'll probably pick the derby at home next derby at home few points to the bar atmosphere the whole lot run through the whole match day experience and then see how you feel after it and interview and get two sides of the spectrum why you stop going and will you keep on going how was your day and, and for the whole thing So well if he's a Laps fan what, what we'd probably pair him with his um, I think what Dino described as someone who's on the periphery basically like a barrister who has never actually sort of 
looked into League of Ireland property. Never taken it seriously. I'll probably but probably do it. But he's friends with people like yeah. you and I who he knows goes to the games. Fantastic shows. I'm yeah. looking forward to this now. Looking forward to actually hearing it back and seeing how they get on. But uh, yeah, no, so keep an ear out for that. We'll, uh, we'll come up with a catchy name for it soon enough. And uh, with other results, so that's the fixture schedule. The 10 team, the hate, the hatred towards the 10 team league is just bubbling up now at this stage. But um, I put on the list of hatred, but Owen Rice already did. So <laughs> Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Start, start season special. So we'll talk about other results now. We had Cork on the Friday. It's the same night we played Derry. So Cork beat Dundalk 1 0 to uh, uh, Turner's Cross with a Gerald Morrissey volley and Bray that was their first defeat of the season first defeat of the season yeah and uh, they had in fairness Dundalk had chances to win it uh, Bray lost at home to Limerick and we had Pats drawn two all in the the lesser Dublin derby balls um, came from two down that game yeah they certainly did they scored in the 90th minute I think and it had Waterford won Sligo won and then on to the Monday as well um, same night we played Cork beaten 3-0 Put the champs to the sword. Bowles lost one in at home to Waterford. So once again, they're if Bray start to get their finger out, Bowles are in trouble. Because I think they are nine points off at the moment. It's a big gap. Well, there's still the relegation playoff. Relegation playoff, yeah. That's, that's what they're going to be. That's what they're fearing for now. And uh, Dundalk smashed Pats 5-0 in Oriel Park. And Limerick lost 3-0 at home to Derry. McInef with a couple more goals there. Super player. And uh, Sligo beat Bray. 2-1 in the showground so that's the roundup of games and the league table still doesn't look too pretty but listen we'll march on and we'll uh, we'll keep on moving on up and try to fight our way up the table but Dundalk they, they keep on yeah I think Paul wasn't the Kempes who said this we're going to be playing teams that more than likely will lose to Dundalk and then we'll come up against them teams of Dundalk have just hockey yeah so Dundalk have literally just hockey pats and then we have to go to Richmond Park and try yeah. and beat them so hopefully they don't get a reaction hopefully a la Bowles and us against uh, Bray where we just didn't perform hopefully that's the case with pats so um, uh, Ronald Murray got his first league goal for Dundalk in that I game I saw that I don't think he'd been playing much though either had he well actually that's his seventh league start and which I had a flashback when I saw that because I made a prediction that he would start no more than six league games. I remember games. that, yeah. I remember that. So, what do I know? <laughs> well, you're still, on, you're still on the right road. Uh, Dundalk Fitness Coach Graeme Bourne has left the club. and uh, So that's him gone. And uh, apparently they're eyeing up the UCD one. UCD Fitness Coach. Something we forgot to mention actually on the show was that uh, Martin Russell has gone in as a consultant at Bray. Yeah, that that's that's strange. He must be getting the fees. And he was the night they beat us that Monday night. He was actually sitting on the bench that night. It's a weird one, isn't it? Does he want to be officially in the capacity, or does he want? Does he not? You know, are they are they actively looking for managers? And just while I think of it, actually, we had some new merch in. Sorry, Johnny Blues. We have a couple of pin badges. Carl Cairns got us got some Leeds pin badges on his trip to Leeds. They beat Barnsley two one, and we have Rob Lavelle who was looking gorgeous in water from Friday night in a towel. There was a picture posted up on Facebook. And uh, he gave us Webby's jersey from two years ago as well, the actual league one. So big shout out to Rob for that, for Johnny Blue. So that's going to be hanging up pretty soon. So uh, thanks to anyone who's given us stuff for Johnny Blue's. And yeah, so back to the news. We had Kenny Shields. He called the pitch at the Marketsfield. You know what, just... 
I, I completely agree with Kenny. He called a pitch at the Marcus Field absolutely abysmal, claiming that it was like going back in time. And I watched Soccer Public earlier on, and it, it's horrendous. It's like horses have been all over. There's divots everywhere. Someone's going to get a bad injury out on that pitch. Is it even worse than when we play there? It's worse now. It's, there's, there's visibly, you're looking at it, look, I think that is horrendous. It's really bad. Absolutely terrible. Like Bluebell got their pitch relayed, I think, most recently. They're playing tonight against Colester. Big Leinster Senior League game tonight. Uh, Crumlin had the orchard away. And um, their pitch looks immaculate. And they're playing Leinster Senior League on it constantly. And it looks fantastic. So for them not being able to have the upkeep, if Bluebell can, can keep their pitch up, why can't Limerick? And so, um, with that in mind, the LEDP, that's the Limerick Enterprise Development Partnership. So they maintain the, the pitch in Marcusfield. Sounds like a corrupt organisation yeah. or a wire, doesn't it? They responded by saying that it's a top class pitch. Are, are they. You'll note the straight face I have right now. Are they talk, I'm are not they making a right joke. Pitch? That's actually what they said. Are they talking about Tom and Park? I, 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 don't, I don't get that at all. Like I said, sounds like a corrupt union out of the wire. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's lying here because yeah. you've got Kenny Shields saying it's absolutely abysmal. I think I believe And they're Kenny. saying it's top class. Yeah, I believe Kenny. <laughs> Um, yeah no it is it's really poor and like I said it's going to be a bad injury on it soon enough and uh, the first division we had Aaron Dobbs who was on the score sheet for Wexford again and he scored a penalty away to UCD who are still top of the table I wonder how he figures or how he even feels at the moment is he second season on loan I wonder what the stats are probably going to have to come up with our loan E stats and see how what's if he goes on loan again is that a record towards season in a row going out on loan Sure possibly I've be I've never I heard of so. three in a row no. never, I don't think I've even have I heard of two I'm not even sure so um, yeah so the game between Cabotelli and Athlone was abandoned with 20 minutes left because the floodlights went out the generator went and Eddie Gormley was great uh, I think Jamie Moore got a hold of him and he said said Eddie what's going on the game is being called and he goes no no I'm not an electrician <laughs> he says I'll talk to you about the football match he says well I was told you were the one that talked to about the floodlight fairly he goes no I can't even put in a light bulb <laughs> the generator went don't talk to me about generators talk to me about football he was hilarious you could just hear his patience wearing oh, out I was and fair play to Jamie yeah. though Jamie was really good um, he uh, he pressed the issue not too much and then just kind of dropped it so no one got frustrated with each other so we'll talk about Athlone now and Athlone's last 26 games 1-0 drew 5 lost 21 minus 71 goal difference so I think they're struggling prof yeah that's not good is it <laughs> How can the club just go like that? I mean, if you think about the past, the, there has to be a book on that eventually, on the, that takeover, or some some great read, because the takeover itself was so corrupt from from top to bottom. Shady organisation, boys, a, forced, a random force division club in Ireland, brings in players and coaches. Games get thrown, let's be honest. The players are throwing the games, and... Could they not draw a line when they sign like a 36-year-old Uruguayan striker? <laughs> yeah. Does someone not stand up and say, right? He was the bookie expert. Yeah, it was No nuts. more of this. And the, the, he got the butts, the goals he was letting in, and the batting patterns were massive in those times. He was letting goals in. He's fucking guilty. Like It's 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 blatantly obvious. And I say they do this all over the world, but it was fascinating. It's not good for Atlanta town fans, but from a neutral perspective, mm. it's fascinating to see these big, corrupt... Uh, I don't know what you could call them these conglomerates or whatever you call them that just come in and corrupt the club and do what they want with it and then just leave but uh, that, that's just that's just my opinion on how I think it is maybe I'm, I'm fantasising a little bit 
But it certainly no, it's not is. town of a good history. The club That's does. That's the thing, yeah. I saw a Rowers fan post that he's living down there now, and uh, there doesn't seem to be much interest. Smart, like Sky Sports Premiership. So yeah, it's a great spot for a few pints, lovely pints. Uh, good uh, college town, isn't there's a college there? So there's loads of uh, loads of bars. How, how long are we into the show now? Nearly an hour and a half. <coughs> Just realised that. That's the yeah. first time you said points. Mentioned cans and bottles, but no points. <laughs> There's actually no points on a. Uh, you mentioned Carl Kearns and Dino, and you never said it then. Yeah. Only now. Just, just in case they're playing their shot game. Pints, pints, pints. Um, that's a triple shot, lads. Yeah. Um, George Kelly uh, posted new pictures of the stand being built. So another, um, another positive with Tala. And here's here's something for the the upper echelons to think about. Now, if they haven't thought about it already, they probably have. But we should have some sort of initiative to fill the stand. The likes of, I don't know, you could go around to Barbers and you could give out 100 free tickets coming up to the first game when the stand is open and say, every kid gets his haircut, give him a ticket. Go into the chippers, local businesses, everyone spends a tenner, give them a ticket, get them into the new stand. Have a a community officer who we don't think we've replaced since Graham Garland Get a community officer saying someone from Tala, someone who knows the area, someone, a Rovers fan, preferably, who will go around the area and gather up all these. Ray Wilson slags me, says I'm obsessed with 15 to 30 year olds, but they are the, the future generations. They're the ones who you need to grasp on to get them hooked and get them involved. So I think our next big initiative is to fill that stand on the match day and continue to do so. Work with local businesses, work with all the, the local youth, go around, have some sort of massive initiative and marketing promo where we ingrain these areas like Fettercare and Brookview, Jobstown, have them linked in with Rovers and have some sort of maybe, do you know what, do you know what, what brings people together? Football. Let's have a tournament. Invite a team from Jobstown, invite a team from Brookview, invite a team from Fettercare and get them all down for a game. Give them tickets for the new stand. Have a day out, a few pints, and then continue on like that. These things, I think, are essential, and I don't think that we've replaced Graham Garland. We are, I'm open to correction if we have. I do apologise, but I think that's something that we should look at as regards to the new stand. I think it'd be brilliant. And um, bums on seats, you know, fair enough. You might be giving out free tickets, but if you give out 500 free tickets and 100 of those stick and start coming for the next 10 years, I think that's a success. So that's my... Um, well, it's only around the corner, isn't it? I think yeah. it's September or something. It's, it's not too far away. You can see so, the foundations have been laid there. So. Or may, maybe, maybe a bump or a big friendly to open up the stand. We could organise someone to come over. We could get a big team to come over. You know, something like that. Definitely something there to think about. So, uh, that's my two cents. And then we'd picture an old king and Darren McKeeley giving Rovers fans nightmares. Drinking pints in his bar in Lanzarote. Sorry, I didn't mind to sleep anyway. <laughs> yeah, no old stooge king. Um... Yeah, so we go on to our Rovers under 19 suffered their first loss of the season 4-2 at home to Cavantini. Very surprising. Very surprised at that considering it was in the Roadstone as well. And they went 3-0 down and then Dean Williams and Sean Callum reduced the deficit. Young, tricky Dean Williams. And next up for them is a way to Bray on Sunday at 2pm. So hopefully they can um, claw their way back from that disappointing loss. And then we had the 17th. They travelled to Galway on Saturday at 2 o'clock kickoff. so if you're not doing that get down on the train have some pints and hit our square great spot for a couple of drinks and a bit of a game and best of luck to Rovers in Ireland under 17's goalkeeper Keen Clark and the young boys in green begin their 2018 Euro campaign against Belgium on Saturday so a tough game to start off with and he'll be keeping nets for the boys in green so a big shout out to Keen Clark and hopefully our future mm. Might be on Inter- TV. International, it? it could possibly be, yeah. Very good standard. 
And then we had Duffers boys, uh, the under 15s are playing at Lone, while the first team were in Derry and it finished 1-1. I didn't even think at Lone would have any sort of youth structure at all there, considering the first team is row off. So, um, perfect start came to an end, but fantastic comeback from the Hoops against a very defensive home team. And uh, the very coolly named Sinclair Armstrong was our goal scorer. So, yeah, so Robert Goggins in his report said this. Athlone celebrated after the final whistle as though they had won the league. But the achievement known that they had brought to a halt Robert's winning streak and scored the first goal against him this season was very satisfying for them. It has to be said from a Robert's point of view that the pitch was unsatisfactory and not conducive to good football, which is a pity for a developmental league. Oh yeah, it pretty much is. And um, I had, I just when I read that, I just had, just sound like shades of Liechtenstein getting <laughs> a draw against Ireland in 1996. And just like t- bowing in front of the crowd. Or in Lowen's case, probably a man and a dog. <laughs> a man and a dog, yeah. And the dog is, is, is desperately trying to get away. But the 15th have the weekend off. But they certainly don't have the weekday off. Because I was coming in from work at half five in the morning. Just near six o'clock. And there was a young Rovers lad, possibly from the 15s, And he was sprinting. Looking like he was late for training. So he had the, the fear of Duffer in his, Duffer in his eyes, yeah. yeah. And um, and uh, speaking of Rosestone, did you see some Polish football fans filmed a music video there? I'm going to be honest. I saw it, but it was cringy. It was so cringy. It really was. Fair enough, they're promoting whatever they're doing. I don't know what they're promoting. I don't speak Polish. We could get our native Polish speaker on. Connor. The song was relatively catchy, you know. It, it just it seemed cringy. Like I mean, if Ireland did it, we'd, we'd be laughing. Put it that way. The Irish fans did that. Mm. You know, do they have their own plastic paddy wanker brigade? <laughs> so, I don't know. Someone asked if they're going to get fined for the flares. Yeah, probably would. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if you got a fine for that off the FAI. It was quite strange, Washington, though, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it came about. But listen, yeah. now we know that they condone that type of thing in, in the Roadstone. So, ultras, get on down. So, we won't put uh, Polska Polska on our CD gear next time we're traveling. Polska Polska. <laughs> Because um, we do have the, the Czech song on, don't we? Yeah. Uh, Your Shin Bash. Yeah. yeah, what a yeah. song. Metallica have a great cover of it as well. Classic. And uh, Kevin Horgan turned 21 the day before the Derry game. And Eric Abulu celebrated his 18th birthday on the day. So happy birthday to our hoops. And uh, Kev took on Borky yesterday when we got the first round of the Quiz Cup underway in questions from the East Stand. So like we said, it's a cup format, World Cup. And uh, this is Kev versus Borky. Well, we're back in the Roadstone for questions from the East End, and we're with our uh, lads from their, fresh from their Cork heroics last night, Borky and Kev Horgan. And we're going to start with Kev. So, Kev, Eric Abulu was born in what country? Ireland. No, uh, Germany. These are hard questions now, come on. <laughs> Oh, he's not happy already. <laughs> Who was Rover's longest serving continuous player? That means without leaving and coming back. So the longest player in the squad at the moment. Longest player in the squad at the moment, I would say, is... Um, I'll go Lukey. Lukey Bourne, that's right. Just about got there. Just about, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the time we're going yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, which goalkeeper has a European record 176 caps? Casillas. Yes. Luigi Buffon for Italy. Oh, I can't believe you didn't get that. Borky, which Talisoid have qualified for the Intermediate Cup final this season? Which Talisoid? Two Rovers fans managing them. 
Freehouse Clover. Name three of the Europa League semi-finalists. Arsenal, uh, Atletico Madrid, and... He's uh, gone there, is he? Oh, that's what the cock. Yeah, you're gone. Sorry. Now we're going to give it to Marseille or Red Bull. I knew that. Oh, Salzburg. I that. I Name three Ireland internationals in the Aston Villa squad. Conor Horahan. Um, Hoven. And. Hoven. Five seconds. Fuck, 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 Kev, Celtic have won how many league titles in a row? Seven. Yeah, seven is right. Well, your first one. what was the last club Stephen Kenny managed before Dundalk? right. Kev, in what decade did Rovers leave Milltown? Oh, I'm not happy with this. <laughs> 40s. In the 80s, that's not going to go well at all. <laughs> I'm going to have to read the history book while Robert Goggins gave everybody. Um, which top 10 ranked South American nation failed to qualify for the World Cup? Top 10 nation? Um, South American. South American? Top 10? Mm -hmm. um, Uruguay? Chili. Kev, the missing word of this saying is a board. Quote it, never more. Sorry, say that again, please. There's a missing word in this sentence, right? It's quote the blank, never more. Quote the raven, never more. I'm a beast. Which breakfast cereal is advertised with the slogan snap, crackle, and pop? Ah, here. Yeah. Rice yeah. <laughs> the Irish word day March is what day of the week? Tuesday. Yeah, we have a go ahead, Gar. What was that? What was that question? The Irish word day March is which uh, day of the week? This is a football word in Irish. Uh, Raytor. What does it mean? Can't give him hints. Raytor. I don't know why. Steal it. Steal it. Raytor. Yeah. Team. No, uh, referee. Referee. What term is used in tennis for 40-40? Juice. Oh, ah, you can't. Tennis all over Portugal. Get in. We're back. Which sport takes place in a velodrome? Cycling. Uh, yeah, come on. How are we looking now, Prof? What we got? It's one up for me. Work has been 4-3, do Two left. Who is Prince Harry set to marry next month? He's not getting it. Uh, one from Suits. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Just hand them an answer. Oh, what are we gonna do? Oh. I don't know our name, boy. Oh, that's no. my next question. What <laughs> 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 He has to get it. It's a cop though. He has to get it. Yeah, he has to. There's no one to earn them. What's your name? Is that me win? That no, me transfer win? the question to him. I think. No. Right, what? No. Yeah, it has to be. Bring it down to the last question. No. No. That's the question. Right, right. Who well, I know a name, anyways. Yeah. Megan Martin, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay. Alright, there we go. And uh, what fictional nation does Black Panther come from? Isn't it? Marvel, is it? No, no. The, the area is from. 
It's called Wakanda. And the ambassador venue on O'Connell Street was previously a what? Host music now. What was it before that? We have the gay theater next to it, but I don't think it's a gay theater. The ambassador, the name of it. What 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 was it? You what was it before? You used to host host music and, and events. Now what was it before that? The body thing, no. Oh, cinema. Cinema was yeah. it? Robert? What's up, Prof? What have we got? Rocky wins win. five three. Rocky yes. wins five three. And he, oh. did you back it at eighty to one? Yeah, it's with money. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Cheers, lads. Thanks. So a bit of an upset. Our eighty to one. Uh, long shot has just upset. One of the leaders, yeah. one of the front runner leaders in the odds, and that was a shocker. I mean, a Derek Horse in some people's eyes to win this it thing. It certainly was, and he wanted to, even wanted to answer Kev's question. So I, I can see some people replying now that his questions were a bit hard. But I mean, if you got the Milltown one right and the Buffon one, he'd have been in there, you know. Once again, he slipped up there. I'm absolutely horrified that he thought we left Milltown in the forties. And as he, as you asked him, and I saw him thinking about it, I just thought, won't get it. Seriously. I'm going to say this again. Somebody give them a history lesson. Robert, grab them by the scruff of the neck and ram the history down their neck. They need to know what is going on. Why Why did they think... What was it? We won four leagues? Who, won, who thought we won four leagues? I think it was Clark. Uh, Milltown in the 40s? Are you for real? I mean, come on. It's he was and, at, and he's an intelligent guy. I'm surprised. He was at the club last season when we had the 30... Your anniversary celebrations. Really, yes to me, it does. I mean, you should know about the history of your club. You really should. You should know. It's interesting as well because it's been mm. such a checkered history between success and heartbreak and all that's gone on within the club. It's 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 interesting. It's actually a really good read. Robert's books are great and all the other books that have been there through the years, they're fantastic. But um, yeah, so that was that. Was that. And uh, a lot of people are now scalped officially in our prediction league. They are... Yeah, the the deadline is Wednesday night. I reckon fifty percent. Uh, I had a quick look, and uh, I counted eight people that went for Berkey out of forty something. Oh, and that was only a quick look. So only those eight people can get all eight predictions correct now, because mm. we're running this competition where, well, it depends how it goes. If someone gets all eight right, or someone gets the most right, see what happens. Or it could be like a last man standing. Yeah, but whatever happens. If you win, you get a thousand East Stand hamper. We'll have some lovely craft beers and some yep. uh, some really nice stuff inside that. Hopefully, we'll have our badges by then. Three people picked Sean Cavanagh over Lukey. So, what were they thinking? They could be shrewd. I mean, look at Kevin Borky. You know, you never know. I don't know. He's, but, he's not. Yeah, so Luke. we posted the odds on the our Instagram, Tales from the East Stand, and Lukey thought they got a right out laugh out of that. Davy Mack and <laughs> Lukey said that they were laughing for ages about Borky being 80 to 1. Now, that's our official bookmaker who did that, so it wasn't us. He's um, proven them wrong already. Yeah, he's already proven them wrong. And he asked me beforehand, he goes, can I stick a scar on me? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're having great crack doing this anyway, by the way. So thanks to, every, uh, to the lads for, for letting us come down and interview them. But uh, Lukey tweeted, said, you need an army to take my trophy off me. And I said to Greg that uh, Davey reckons he's going to take it. And Greg actually agreed on Twitter. He's like, yeah, I'm a massive underdog here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's he's playing down his chances when yeah. he lifts the trophy. But just before we do our starting 11s and predictions, um, yeah, so we have some new merch. We're going to have some lovely scarves. Um, the Legend series. We have some Twiggy scarves. And uh, we had the, the famous Glemalore Sweets are back in the Glemalore Suite for two euro pop. Um, make sure you get yourself a bag of them. They're blade and gorgeous. Uh, Pat Tutti is still doing his Helen back. And that's on the 16th of June. So make sure you donate a few quid to him. 
and um, he's always in the East Stand or you can find him on Instagram or uh, just get in touch with us we can give you his details if you want and uh, what else have we got I'm just looking through my notes here prof uh, the World Cup sweep as well Rovers are now doing a World Cup sweep and you pick a team it's 10 euro yeah I know there's a few incentives there but like first team to miss a penalty first red card you get 25 quid so yeah so the money will be taken in it can do an online one as well and the money will be taken in the Glen Malor Suite 1899 so yeah you pay a you get a team and it's not just restricted to one I think you could it will roll over as well so you've got let's say 32 teams are gone you can go and do another one obviously so it's a it's 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 a bit of crack as well keep you interested in the World Cup so finally we're actually giving some junior hoops news now after a long civil war with them we've been battling with them over their treatment of the prof <laughs> uh, we've, we're finally giving we've we've uh, we've lifted the ban on the junior hoops and they're hosting a group from the autism group for the Waterford game so they're also running a competition for junior hoops members to write a match report for the programme so all you budding young journalists junior hoops get your match reports in after you finish a game and uh, the next wave of volunteers for the club they're looking for so big shout out to anyone with kids who would like to get involved and get in touch with the junior hoops if you would like it it's great Do you get to wave the flags and they get sweets they, they get all sorts it's, it's fantastic and the lads do great work so Bill Paul uh, waffles the whole lot the lads are great and of course Glenn Dunn and uh, so that's it for this week we have a little bit and more and if talk. Bill Gleason's bet comes in 16 to 1 that'd be a hell of a junior who's party a hell of a junior who's party do the kids have to come <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and we'll talk about our Rovers 3k fun run on the bank holiday Monday so all of the hungover hoops 20 euro entry for adults 10 euro for under 18s it's a fundraiser for the academy and medals and drinks and bars on completion now that's not Glenmalore or 1899 bars that is probably chocolate bars uh, no free bars no pints so refreshments afterwards in the 1899 suite so uh, there is no free bar after the run just to clear that up so the refreshments isn't points either the refreshments isn't points mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure There'll be the either way if you're in the if you're doing the run you'll be there anyway so I'm sure you could sneak a bottle out of a bar. And uh, Daily Mount Park will host two days of international amputee football as Poland and England come to Dublin to play the Republic of Ireland the City West Hotel International Weekend. So we'll have interviews with a couple of guys from the team next week. So that's May fourth and fifth in a round robin tournament. Admission is free, and three of our players have been selected: Kevin O'Rourke, Chris McElliot, and Stuart McAvoy. And Stuart only took up the sport when he joined. Rovers so uh, congratulations to the lads and uh, look forward to that so I think that's it for this week Prof we actually didn't do our starting 11 predictions okay we didn't do starting 11 predictions <laughs> so we're going to have to do that real quick and uh, we're losing the run of ourselves here uh, we have Pats away and I don't think I can change the team to be honest I mean how could you change that team and formation considering the circumstances that are involved with the, the kind of narrow pitch that are, it's going to be up there, I'm, I'm going to go with the same team. I'm going to go with... Well, as we mentioned, it's the, the Shaw and Kerr question. That's the only thing we can we can talk about here. And Shaw scored out there last week last year. Oh, it's a tough Remember one, that? isn't it? Considering Shaw played very well. He lost both games, though. And I think because Shaw's confidence might be on the rise now and he did play well, I'm going to keep the exact same team. And... If Shaw starts the tour after 70 minutes, you've got Danny Carr to come on. Plus, we've goals in, in Graham Bork anyway. And I think I'm confident that we can do it. I'm going to go 3-1. Unfortunately, I think we'll concede. 
and uh, 3-1 with a Borky brace and Joey O'Brien to score how about that Joey O'Brien yeah Joey O'Brien I have to look up now as he scored any time the last few years <laughs> yeah so that's same play. formation same team bar I'm going to keep shots up front yeah same team same formation yeah I agree I don't think I can change the team yeah no it's a tough one isn't it as for a result I got 1-0 one 1-0 nil. One nil for that prof who's going to nab it a goal scorer hmm Someone to get his first goal. Greg Bulger. There you go. Greg Bulger. That's Prof's tip from the East. Against his other old club. Against his other old club who he won the league with as well. So that's it for this week. Um, Don't forget our poker night as well. That's the 23rd of June. Come see me at a Prof. Grab a ticket. I know it's early days and people, you don't necessarily have to buy a ticket straight away but we're looking to get 60 people for this and the uptake has been relatively slow enough but listen, it's early days like we did say and hopefully we'll see you all there in Peachtree East on the 23rd of June. So, um, we'll see you there the 23rd of June we'll see you on Friday in Richmond Park so keep on hooping folks see you some I'm a wise man some I'm a fool but I need a little something to keep my cool I sleep with the sun and I'll ride with the moon but I feel alright with my needle spoon I feel alright with my needle spoon it's difficult sometimes to get my stuff so if I'm evil don't Get in a hub. I sleep with the sun and I ride with the moon, but I feel alright with my needle spoon. I feel alright with my needle spoon. Don't need no whammy, don't need no wine. Cause life is sweet when you hit the main line. I sleep with the sun and I ride with the moon, but I feel alright with my needle spoon. I feel alright with my needle spoon.